Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, we inch closer to the end of the basketball season. Maximum nine games left. Maybe only five. Somewhere in there. The Milwaukee Bucks take a step towards the title. They beat the Atlanta Hawks at home. Never really blow them out. Well, they did kind of blow them out in the final five to six minutes or so. Most of the game just kind of had them, held them at bay about ten points. Uh, so a, a comfortable, not overwhelming blowout, but a fairly comfortable win for the Bucks. It's not like they were behind and chasing the game or anything. Brooke Lopez went off. And I think that all the things we talked about in Game 6 with the Jazz and the Clippers and what went wrong when the Clippers went small, did the Jazz punish them at the other end of the court? If they're going small, Rudy needs to dunk the ball. And Jazz got to figure out how to do it. He's got to overpower somebody. He's got to finish through contact. If they need to back screen form or whatever, whatever they need to do, they got to take advantage of their size advantage when they got it. And man, the Bucks did that in a big way. Lopez got one dunk after another dunk after another dunk. Some lobs. Sometimes they give him the ball, you know, 12 to 15 feet from the hoop, and uh, Euro stepped his way. But it always finishing, never flinging it up off the glass, finishing strong and throwing that thing down. Something for the Jazz to look forward to uh, going next year. Um, it's something they got to see. That's something Rudy's got to improve in the offseason, and that's the way the Jazz have to be better because they're going to continue to see small ball lineups. There's, there is no mystery there. And Milwaukee solved Atlanta. Both teams were missing their stars. Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the bench cheering, bench, cheering him on. Trey Young didn't go either. Um, and without those two stars, uh, the rest of the guys really stepped up. Uh, Drew Holiday throwing a lot of lobs, getting some assists, getting guys easy buckets. Obviously, Lopez came up big. Uh, Middleton was good, too. So, Bucks now up three games to two. They go to Atlanta with a chance to close it out Saturday night. And if not, game seven is Monday night in, uh, in Milwaukee. So, two games to go here, and the winner gets the, uh, gets the Phoenix Suns. A little NFL news for you. <clears throat> You'd fans. Find that, well, Cougar fans and Aggie fans will enjoy this because they don't, they don't like uh, Urban, but even some Ute fans might. You know, Urban certainly played fast and loose with the rules and colored outside the lines at Florida and Ohio State and got in trouble. You get to the NFL, and there's certainly a lot fewer rules, right? And uh, some of them he doesn't control. You know, as a head coach, you're both GM and coach, essentially, of a college program, whereas you go to the NFL, and he's a coach, but... You know, if something goes wrong with a salary cap or something there, that, that's not really on the coach. Uh, but there are a few things he can do, and Urban's already crossed one of those lines by uh, the OTAs, and they're really limited in the contact, and he broke the rules on that. So now he's been fined individually, and the Jaguars have been fined as a club. A couple other teams got dinged, but not as bad as Jacksonville. Come on, Urban! Playing fast and loose with the rules. Huge shock there, right? Uh, today is the last show before the 4th of July. <coughs> so, uh, topic for the show, one of our topics, we got several things to get to. Great American victories. Where's a victory where just as an American, you just felt good. Now this rules, rules out a lot of the college and pro sports. Maybe, maybe there's a way, an angle where an NBA final, a Super Bowl, a World Series, you felt proud as an American, but I think it goes to some other sports. Um, golf, tennis, the Olympics, the World Cup, you know, that kind of stuff. Where were you really proud as an American? Now, there could be baseball examples. You know, um, you know baseball coming back to New York after uh, 9-11. Um, so, so there could be some examples there. You know, I think that, um, I think whenever you go to this list, the U.S. Olympic hockey team, 1980, I mean, they literally made a movie about a team and 
a game, but more than a game, you know, the whole Olympics and the whole whole ride to it. And I think that is the one. But there are other strong, you know, for golfers, I think there's multiple Ryder Cups that might jump out. For me, it would be Brookline, 99, and Justin Leonard makes a 45-foot putt. I was talking about this with uh, one of our Channel 2 producers, Tim Peterson, who's a huge golf fan. Huge. Just really intense when it comes to golf. He really, really enjoys it. Like, golf is right next to the NFL, 1 and 1A. You know, he loves them both. Um, and, he, and he follows the NBA and the jazz and college football and all that stuff, but he's really passionate about the NFL and golf. And he was saying about Brookline, yeah, that was awesome, but, man, how do you play that well when you look that bad? He was really down on the shirts they were wearing. It's the weirdest thing for him to say. But I do remember those shirts, but I really do remember that putt, the celebration on that green. That was, that was pretty intense for a Ryder Cup. So I think that that probably needs to go on the list. I think that's one that uh, – that kind of jumps out at you. Uh, World Cup for me is pretty easy. The U.S. beat Mexico to go to the quarterfinals. I grew up 10 miles from the border, so I get that rivalry. I think a lot of people do, uh, from Gold Cups to World Cup qualifiers. But that was the game on the biggest stage. And they've certainly, you know, traded their punches, and both sides have had bragging rights at one point or another over the last 25, 30 years. Uh, Mexico was the big dog. The U.S. had a run. Mexico had a run. Maybe the U.S. is about to start another one. It's a pretty intense game here uh, recently in the Nations League final. But nothing matches the round of 16, where Mexico always seems to get. They qualify. Sometimes it's scary, but they get there, and they get out of group play, and they never get to the quarters. They always get knocked out in the round of 16. It's just one time after another after another. And they thought they might get out, and little brother, the U.S. knocked them out. That was that was pretty cool in 2002. That was a highlight. Um, I think for basketball, the dream team, maybe the redeem team in 08 after losing in 04, that might have done it for you. But I think a lot of people go to the dream team, where basketball just really exploded internationally in 1992. Even though the competition, you know, the competition was great in all these other events, but the competition wasn't great there, but the team just really captured everybody's imagination. So there's a few. I'm sure there are a few more. You can hit us up on Twitter, David DJ James. We'll get to that later in the show. All right, DJ and PK, still more to come. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, today is the second day of a brave new world on multiple fronts. Pac-12 commissioner is on his second day on the job, and PK and I are going to get to the changes that he can bring to the Pac-12, and we will do that next. But right now, it's day day two of a brave new world for name, image, and likeness. Players can now make money off of their name. Want to do an endorsement? Great. Want to wear a hat or a t-shirt and get paid for it like you're a PGA golfer or a NASCAR driver? Great. Want to do an appearance and sign autographs? So be it. Know how to capitalize on social media? Make money off Instagram and TikTok and whatever else? Be an influencer? Great. But unintended consequences. And this thing's going to reverberate around 
college sports, mostly around college football, but around some other sports too. So late in the show yesterday, we had Brian Keel on, former Brighton high guy, former BYU linebacker, former NFL player, to kind of get his perspective on athletes and how they will approach this. Here's Brian Keel with PK and I. Brian, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Brian, we're doing well. You know, at different times, I had a conversation with Ron Boone where he told me he was born 20 years too early when he saw the money flowing in the NBA. And then Thurl <laughs> Bailey, who was born 20 years later, said, I was born 20 years too early. Are you about to tell us you were born 20 years too early? Uh, that'll, that will always be true. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think everybody's right when they say that. You're right. It's always true. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. So you are a local guy. You've always been a local guy. You came up through the ranks and played at Brighton, and you were a great player, played in college, played in the NFL. Uh, what do you think of now with this idea of these kids being able to get paid as far as the local kid being able to cash in? And you've always had a very good personality and very talkative and all that stuff, and you had the talent to back it up. I'm sort of thinking that maybe it helps – kid that colleges keep these better high-end kids that are going running off to Stanford and Oregon or SC or what have you because you could literally start building your brand as a 16 year old am I just maybe hoping and wishing but there's not some reality there put yourself in that position because if you were 16 now and with the talent that you had this would be you yeah I I mean so there's there's so much going on here I'm first of all it's about time in my opinion um, I think it's when you really look at it, just from a, a legal standpoint and from a from a free market freedom standpoint. I mean, it's just ridiculous that it's taken this long. Um, it's just it's kind of a joke that you look at the type of dollars the NCAA is bringing in with commissioners and and you know different top level people, and then and then you got these kids who are creating that value. And and they're you know been told for a hundred years and oh no no you you can't make any money off of off of your talent off of your name off of your own name your own picture you can't make it's just crazy so I, I you know I applaud that they finally that it's finally happening and yeah the the landscape is going to be very different and honestly I I'm interested to see how it shakes out um, and and what you just alluded to i i hope that's the case i i don't know that i could confidently say that 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 will be the case um but i hope that is the case i hope that it gives schools a, a, another tool in their arsenal to stay competitive with with the, the big boys if you will um in terms of recruiting and and ho- hopefully cuz cuz ultimately what you want is, is you want you want equality you want parity that's what makes the game interesting. If, it, if it's a foregone conclusion, who's going to win? It's not as fun. It's not as exciting. Uh, it's not as interesting. So hopefully there's, this, this adds to that parity, and, and it makes the game more level, uh, the playing field more level. I, I hope that's the case, and I hope these kids you know, start to, to cash in. Okay, but we're seeing the elite high school football players in Utah go into Oregon year after year, and USC comes in and gets the quarterback Jackson Dart out of Corner Canyon. And the whole Pac-12's here. Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, certainly. Are kids still going to have stars in their eyes? Are they going to have a, a – would you have had a business mentality at 16, 17, thinking I'm known here, I can elevate myself even more here, it is literally worth it to me 
to stay here, and will it change that kind of balance of power with recruiting kids in the state of Utah? Yes, so I, I think that it will help certain positions and certain players to do exactly what you want, to, to be able to maximize their earning potential. And, you know, if you go across the country to where you're not a known commodity, you're not necessarily, especially early on, um, you're not going to have the same leverage and earning potential that you would staying local. That's just a fact. Um, and, 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 and on top of that, you go, you go across the country or you go, you know, not necessarily across the country, but, you know, out west to um, one of these Pac-12 schools, you're, the, the market is more saturated. And you're now fighting in terms of, of, of your earning potential for, for, for this name and likeness opportunities. You're fighting a full roster of other multi, multi-star recruits with big names, a lot of them already there, established. And so I think, I think, I think you're right. I think you'll see some of these higher-name kids that are, that are local. They're at least, you know, whether or not they stay here and go to BYU or Utah um, or Utah State, um, whether or not that happens, I for sure think that it, it now is more on the table. They, they have to think things through more and weigh their options. And, and, I, and I, I'm with you. I hope that that's what happens. I hope they stay here and, and they keep our local schools more competitive. And, and I think that that doesn't just benefit the state of Utah. I think that benefits all of college sports because, you know, competition is, is what makes the whole thing tick. How do you think the balance of the team is going to be affected if one guy's making a whole bunch of money and somebody else who's busting in the weight room and all that stuff and doing the same thing but isn't as good or isn't as uh, charismatic or what have you or for whatever reason just didn't get it and he's not making near as much money if at all do you think that changes anything yeah so there'll, there'll be a different dynamic and i think the biggest difference really is just the maturity level of the kids we're talking about here um you know every professional team essentially is already working with this dynamic. Right. And, um, I mean, you go to the, the NFL and the NBA, I mean, with, with some of the contracts they get, um, or, you know, baseball is probably the most, the most drastic when you take the top to the bottom, um, of the rosters with how much they're making. Um, and, and I mean, it's just, there, there's, there's guys in different, galaxies in, in terms of their yearly salaries right and in in those locker rooms there's there's not there really isn't any um jealousy or you know ill will um it's all just guys are happy for their teammates and they they hope to be the guy the guy next um but again they're a little bit more mature they're a few years older um, and so I think with these younger kids, you know, some of them are going to be 17, 18. There probably will be a little bit of that, um, and that'll just be another dynamic to, to navigate. Brian Keel joining us, former BYU and NFL linebacker. So I'm curious, as you've watched the trend of transferring accelerate, will this slow that down a little bit? Because when you talk about a player going away from home not being was worth as much money, if you're bouncing between programs – you're 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 an unknown. You're nameless. You're faceless. Yes, I I hope it does. I I I'm glad that kids have the opportunity to transfer because I think you know the shoe should be on both feet. You know, coaches can leave willy nilly. 
um, you know, athletic directors, whatever. They, they, they can, they can leave. I think players should be able to transfer. Um, and I'm glad that they are. I, I, I don't, I, that being said, I don't like how, how prevalent it is. I think that t- it hurts the game a little bit. And I think, I think kids are too quick to throw in the towel, to pack it up and to, 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 you know, to not necessarily quit, but, you know, go somewhere else. So anyway, I, I'm glad that it's there. I, I think it happens too much. And I hope that this does curb that. And, and, and in theory, it should, because like you just said, you know, you put in two years somewhere, um, building a name, building a brand, and, and yeah, if you, you pack up shop and, and go, especially to a, a completely different conference or a completely different part of the country, um, you're, you're kind of starting over there. So hopefully that curbs that a little bit. Do you think players, college players now, I don't know if we can call them agents, but will they have representatives to try to go out and market the individual player? Yeah, I'm sure that'll happen. And, and to be honest, you know, I, I a, a friend that I grew up uh, played with in, in middle school and high school. You know, one of my best friends, um, who's a lawyer, he reached out to me last year when this was all, you know, getting talked about uh, coming through the pipeline about that very thing. He and, and his, he's like, this is a great business opportunity. He's like, we should look into, to, um, you know, who's going to represent these guys, who's going to navigate these waters for them, um, and. And, and yeah, there, I, I think like anything, um, when, when a market is created, uh, people will enter that market and they'll try to utilize every avenue uh, where money can be made. So I, I do, I do think that will, will end up happening. You know, brokers or agents, you know, what, whatever you want to call them. This is going to keep parents involved longer than it used to, isn't it? Because the parents are going to be kind of brokering and managing that for the kid in high school. It'll be a natural transition for them to stay involved in college if they've already been involved in high school. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what what I think what a lot of these parents, um, especially the ones that are are super involved, I think um, it, it, it'll be it'll be uh, posturing. You know, you'll you'll start at a younger age. You'll start posturing and. Um, especially with social media, you know, the way that, and, and social media, I think will probably drive the majority of this. Um, and the, in terms of, of earning potential in dollars and, and, you know, with all these influencers and, and it's already been going on and, and now you throw in these college athletes into that mix. Um, so I think, yeah, you'll, you'll see parents and family, you'll start positioning and, and really trying to, structure some of these kids earlier um, because it's all it's all about momentum you know if you can if you can get into college with a huge following uh, you're just that much further ahead of and it, it, it is, it is going to be competition there's only there's only so many dollars and so many clicks and likes and views and there's only so many eyes to go around so it's a competition versus the next guy and if you can get a jump a jump on on the next guy, then you're you're going to be that much ahead. Do you see any negative or unintended consequences because of this that would affect a college kid? Yeah, I mean, I think there you always run that risk. So, it, and like I said, where I'm interested to see how it shakes out, um, I'm sure there's going to be a trade off with with almost with almost every change with almost every. Policy, you know, everything has trade-offs. There's, there's good and there's bad. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot of good with, with this rule change. 
and inevitably there's going to be some bad. And, you know, I'm definitely not smart enough to forecast precisely what that bad is going to be. But I'm, I, you know, would be shocked if there isn't some sort of negative consequence. And that, that's just the trade off, you know, with, with, with a different policy and, and, and another thing to navigate. When did you become old and wise, Brian? When did this happen? (laughs) So I think the negative, first off, I think you're totally right in what you just said. And the one that seems obvious to me, and I've heard this uh, from pros, and I think the pros are getting a little better about navigating it, but some are still struggling with it. When you win, it's time to go cash in. But that time you spend cashing in is time not spent on working on your craft. And whether you cheat in the weight room a little bit or you cheat on the diet a little bit or you just miss the rest because you're jetting around the country cashing in, there's a price to be paid. And all we hear is that with these college kids, it is a being a D1 football player is a full-time job. And even when the coaches can't be around you and there's a quote-unquote dead period, the team self-organizes and still lifts weight and they still practice. And it's a players-run practice. And I'm just wondering if there's going to be a trade-off with time. It seems like there has to be. And some guys are going to check out a little bit because they go off to cash in. Yeah, that's it. So, you, yeah, as, as you say that, my, my, the wheels start turning in my head. And I, I totally agree with you. So, um, you know, time is finite finite there's only so many hours in a day and um there's there's opportunity costs every hour you spend doing one thing is an hour you can't spend doing another thing and so um you know you take a quarterback for instance take zach wilson the kid obviously put the work in he um he improved dramatically from when he showed up in provo to ending up being the number two overall pick right and and he put that work in and it paid off for him um he put the work in on the practice field. Um, it was covered ad nauseum how many times he went and, <laughs> and trained with John, John Beck. Um, he, he obviously put the, the work in in the film room, et cetera, et cetera. Now, now, fast forward to this new protocol, this new procedure. You have these kids, um, if they're trying to create a brand, if they're trying to curate a social media presence and create you know, these TikTok videos and all this stuff. And this, this is a world that I, I don't understand this world. I'm, I'm, I'm too old for it, but these kids, they spend a lot of time creating these videos and, and pictures and, and they take multiple, multiple takes and, and they have to set the camera up. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. That, those, that time is time that they're not in the film room. They're not working on, on their mechanics. They're not, working on their craft. So, yeah. So as you say that, that, that I think that will be something um, that these kids will have to decide how much time do I spend trying to build this brand and how much time do I spend grinding? And that's just going to be an uh, individual decision. Well, we appreciate a few minutes, Brian. We want to apologize to you. We're sorry you were born 20 years too late. <laughs> you know, whoever's born now was still born 20 years off, so it, it just yeah. uh, every generation laments the next one. Thanks for coming on and spending a few minutes with us, though. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. There's Brian Keel, former Brighton Bengal, former BYU Cougar, and a former NFL linebacker as well. When we come back, the new Pac-12 commissioner. What changes is he going to make? What difference is he going to make? P.K. and I get to that next. Stay with us. Rises in- 
The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. You're but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome in to the second day of a brave new world. No, we're not talking name, image, and likeness. What are we talking about? Pac-12 got a new commissioner. The same day name, image, and likeness kicked off. July 1st was a very big day. And here on July 2nd, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about the new commish. George Klyavikov. It's a tongue twister. It really is. What difference is he going to make? Uh, Does the world mean anything to you? (laughs) He's going to make a world of difference? (laughs) No, I just want to know. Does the world mean anything to you? Yes, the world means something to me. (laughs) Your world or the greater world? Both. (laughs) Okay. My world means something to me, but so does the greater world. Well, my world is empty without you, babe. All right. We got a lot of people weighing in. This is up on our Facebook page. And uh, I will read them aloud, and you will immediately react with your Jersey Kinahan legendary gut instinct. Are you ready? Yes. He's going to get fans in the stands for football games. How so? Jace Dalton does not explain. I would say that in the short run, that is not true. In the long run, if he can negotiate something with the TV networks, so they set most of the game times earlier, then that, I could see where that could help. A lot of people have complained about that. Two words, good luck. I don't think it's that hard. I think you could... Mm, Really? Yeah. I think you could set most of them, and then the way the NFL does it, you give them a few waivers to move. And so you're moving games if teams are really good. Then what difference does it make that you set them? Because I think most of them (laughs) could be set now, and they just aren't. And I think they could set them. But if you move them, then what's set all you want? Right. It's like I got a guaranteed contract in the NFL until they cut you. <laughs> but you could right now say, I don't want that Arizona game. It's on the Pac-12 network. Kick it off at noon. Now, they don't say it. But if you said that now, would you be wrong this year? But that, that's, ESPN that's and Fox cosmetic. don't want the Arizona game. Okay, but you're already going to know about it. So that's cosmetic. Don't we already know that USC games are the game? Couldn't they already plug those games in at 6 o'clock or AB, on ABC or 5 o'clock on ESPN or one thirty on ESPN or ESPN2, whatever? No. Couldn't they already plug that in and no. already know that? No, I don't think you do know. I, I think they do. I, you're, you're guessing. It may be an educated guess, but you're still guessing. Yep. Who would have thought Colorado got off to the fast start last year? There will be curveballs. But see, then when you tell the Colorado fan base, we're changing that game time, they're a little disappointed, but they're so hyped they're winning, they don't really care. And if it's at Utah, you're not going to it anyway. That, so they don't care. They the, couldn't care. That's the less. downside. You can't fix Nobody's everything. Nobody's ever said in the West, uh, man, I sure hate watching games at 7.30, 8.30 at night. <laughs> Well, I think in the mountain time zone, they do say, I hate going at 8.30 at night. But I don't That's think they I do said on the about, Pacific Coast. But I said yeah. watching. I didn't say going. Right. I said the Colorado game is here. So they don't have to adjust their schedules to go to the game. 
They would just be watching it anyway, except for a thousand or two thousand people who come up there and sit in the southwest uh, stands. Yeah, but the visiting fans, but three thousand in the corner. Yeah, that those are just they're little numbers anyway. And at that point, what difference they're does hardcore. it make? They're, they're they're hardcore. Their day is built around the game whenever it plays. I'm not sure you can do that. I think it's just a. It's a hazard, and it's a negative byproduct of being in this time zone. Kevin says he's going to let us watch the PAC network on DirecTV. That's huge. Is he really going to be able to pull it off? If they give in, yes. They're not going to give in. Why not? Oh, which they? PAC-12. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, they might. You're right. Maybe he can build some consensus there. I thought DirecTV giving in. I'm like, DirecTV's not oh, giving in. Apparently just fine without it, so why yeah. would they give in? No, no, they wouldn't. That's what I was reacting to. Oh, yeah, can he can he get a consensus here among the Pac-12? Like, hey, here's where we got to move the money to. Now that's how it's going to affect all the other conferences, but are you okay, or all the other uh, TV contracts, but are you okay with it? Because we got to be on DirecTV because you're taking so much heat from your fan base. So can he develop consensus there? And get the conference. Well, to it's a, you got to take the best, man. You thought you were all that, and turns out you weren't. And so, yeah, you can say that. Well, your games, most of your high-profile games are on other networks, and that was Larry Scott and all these other billion TV networks that are out there, uh, carrier subscribers, and all that stuff. I understand all that, but you know, you also got basketball to worry about, and it's not that big compared to football, but then they put a ton of those games on. I mean, essentially, that's why I bought Comcast, is for basketball. Yes. You don't really need to see the football games on the Pac-12 network. There just aren't that many good games on them, especially you, because you go to so many games in person. But basketball is a separate deal. Yeah, what I like for job purposes, because I'm at games, is then during the week, they play those games in an hour time frame. Uh Uh-huh. And I try to watch every single one of them during the week. Those are so useful, I don't yeah. even have words. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm doing it for job-wise. I don't know if Joe Blow fan is doing it. No. So, but you and I, to catch up on a game, hey, I heard about this game, but I didn't see it happen. Right. And, I mean, the player hits the ground, and the announcer finishes the sentence, and they are at the line of scrimmage snapping the ball. Yeah. I mean, they just move right You can't blink. It. But I always watch literally every single game. It's great to catch up on anything you missed. And when I get home, too, I always watch the basically the studio show because they had in-depth interviews. So usually by the time I go to bed Saturday, even if I've, I'm covering a game, I'm still I've seen the highlights of them, uh, the plays that I need to see for television on Sunday and for obviously to come in on Monday. So I felt like I needed the Pat 12 Network studio show, which I think they do a pretty good job, actually. It's it's a nice thing. I I wish for the conference sake, and I'm a conference guy at heart and have been for 40 years, that I wanted to get on direct. For no other reason than I can save myself money and get rid of the other one. And I wouldn't need the other one. But now I feel like, and so I pay for two. Well, hopefully they'll get you a deal. Hopefully, yeah, I, that's hopefully they'll gigantic. Get themselves a deal. That's yeah. He he but, comes but riding is, in on a white horse uh, if he gets that one. Right, but it is for you know for Utah football fans, the Utes don't play in the Pac-12 network very often. You know, if you're just in it for the Utes and you're in it for the whole conference for different reasons, and I'm too, 
But if you're just in it for the Utes, they don't play a lot of Pac-12 games. And if you're a season ticket holder, you know the the open. They always play a Big Sky team, and that's always. But once they get into conference play, they don't play a lot. The BYU game isn't going to be a Pac-12 network game. Yeah, it can't be if it's in Provo, obviously. Right. So that's an issue. Yeah, that's one issue. But I wonder, you know, getting the football teams to to get into the playoff. And that's why Larry Scott and the Pac-12 were pushing for the automatic bid. At least that takes some heat off you. Although I think that that maybe adds heat. If you get in and keep getting slaughtered. You're moving the bag back at first base. Yeah, There's so. still going to be controversy. And that's and now apparently, since it looks like we're on track to go to 12 teams here at some point. Well, and I'm sure how the commissioner's far, how long are they? Yeah, how long are they going to last in the tournament? That it's going to be during his tenure. Yeah. Because that's three, four years down the road. Mm-hmm. And and the other guy, Scott, he made $40 million in his time. Great. <laughs> Was he there like 12 years? Yeah. <laughs> what are we doing in radio, PK? <laughs> 40 million, and he had a house out in... Where was it? Danville area was yeah. very exclusive. But then I understood he was renting apartments in San Francisco. So sometimes, you know, he could, depending on if he's working late or whatever, yeah. he would just have a place there. The most expensive place. I mean, I don't, no offense, I don't expect Bakersfield, but there's got to be some happy medium there. And it's, I heard the line. Well, for uh, years they were in Walnut Creek, and that was a happy medium. I mean, it's still yeah. the Bay Area, it's expensive, but it's out in the Burbs. It's not as expensive as downtown. I heard that that's the reason why ESPN is not is in Bristol and not Manhattan. Yeah, real estate. Yeah, and, and that's still high level back there for sure. But obviously, in the city of New York, is going to be through the roof. And same thing with San Francisco. I think those are literally the two most expensive areas. Blair says hopefully he will de-wimpify the pack and they could go back to common sense decision-making and not bend over for the California universities. Perhaps it could be an athlete conference instead of a political organization. Ah, who am I kidding? A political organization? I feel a lot of uh, not playing football over the COVID uh, frustration in that. Oh, okay. All right. All right. That's how I took that. Well, they just followed the Big Big Ten and they both look stupid. And then they're, wait a second here. These other schools are playing. Yep. And then so slow to react. Even yeah. when they decided, hey, it's this is, this is a game changer with this testing. There was, there was no urgency. Right. They waited. There's something like it was, it was a groundbreaking thing. And then you waited three weeks to start discussion to come back. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's time slipping away what? here, man. You got a season. But it's, there's no urgency. The, the Mountain I, I, West I and the Big Ten were on the same timeline as you. You know, same safety concerns as you. But they sprinted back, so they got to play a couple extra games. And you strolled back, and so you had teams playing four games. Yes. Nobody said you had to be the SEC and get in ten conference games. But Although some of them had some issues. I mean, the Sun Devils were battered. They started yeah. and then closed down for a month. I think they tried to play six games is what they were doing. But I still think they started a week or two. Oh, After they totally the Mountain did. West they totally Conference. Did. Totally did. Yeah. yeah, they totally did. Yeah. And the Mountain West was following you, and the Pac-12 was following the, the Big Ten, and yet somehow you ended up coming in third just among those three And then nobody on their teams did, did any bowls except the Rose. We've had it. We're out. Yeah. They're but at all, least the teams, the teams all opted on that. The conference didn't make them do anything, you know, for whatever reason. And Kyle just seemed exhausted by the whole thing. And so did the players. At that point, everybody had had enough. 
Yeah, and it was some secondary bowl, which yeah. basically all the bowls are now. Yep. Neil says, what's the new commissioner going to do? I don't know. Maybe bring the Pac-12 conference to credibility. A lot of little things that need to be done in that regard. But does credibility really rest on USC or Oregon getting in the playoff? I, I mean, the, arguably I, sure. somebody well, else, I, Utah, might Washington. Be. It could be anybody. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that's the ultimate. But there can you can go a long way towards controlling the controllables and stop with the nonsense of the officiating and some of the stuff and the crazy calls and reviews and all the stuff that came to light that really put yourself yeah. behind the able. And that's what they hired Merton Hanks to do. And uh, we'll see uh, if if he can clean that up. So combine, I think it was accumulation of stuff that you ended up not getting in, and then you had some other stuff that was just laughable. And then you've got your own guys, i.e. Mike Leach, coming out strongly and basically saying this is biased Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. And once you start tilting other things that related to the sport on the field as unfair and unequal, it becomes wrestling. Not good. Yeah. But once we found out that there were executives with no background in refereeing telling replay officials what to do, it just gave Leach tons of credibility. Like, and, hey, we got to listen to this guy. Look yes, what's going on. Yes, it gave on. him credibility, but it, all, it also severely damaged the image of the conference. No question. And I think they've got to set up schedules. They, if they're going to go with the Thursday night, then you have the bye before. Yep. Uh, I think that's got to be a requirement. They haven't, they haven't been playing a lot of Thursday games. It seems to have settled on Friday games. Because once the NFL decided to play every Thursday, okay, Pac-12 kind of abandoned the Thursday game. And I would like for them to have buys if they could possibly I like the that. buys before Friday. There's too that's many, what I'm talking about. Yeah, there's too big a track record. Even though there's one extra day, Thursday to Friday, there's still too big a track record of what happens to teams especially the teams that play on the road on Saturday and then on the road on the short week on Friday. I wonder if they're going to go down the 9 o'clock kickoff. I think they want to. I'm not clear how hard they're going to push schools to do it. Um, And some schools seem more willing, and how many of them do they want? We're seeing it in the Mountain West, Utah Utah State and Boise State. They're going to do the early uh, 10 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff. For their game, and they're on big CBS. As a fan, I have zero problem with it, but it's easy for me to say as a fan because I'm used to watching 10 o'clock football anyway, so why not watch some teams that I actually care about? 100%. But, but we're not the I'm ones not who have to, to get it. up yeah. and eat the pregame meal at 4.45 in the morning. Right. Exactly. Uh, but especially, I am having the only, the only difference, I am having nachos at 10.30. <laughs> especially if you had to travel a lot to get to the game. And, and some of these conference trips yeah, really it. aren't much, and Boise State to Utah State isn't much, but the Arizona schools to the Washington schools are a long way. Oh, sure, but you can leave in two Then you got to leave early. earlier, yeah. But then it jacks up your Thursday or your Friday practice for your Saturday game, and again, it's the short week, and coaches will complain about everything. Right. So do you think they're going to push hard and just say, everybody has to play one in the next two years and everyone's got to play one at home? Or it's going to be, hey, we want you to do it. And behind the scenes, they lean on you, but they don't go public in order. No, I mean, I don't want no offense to these schools, but I don't want Washington State in Arizona at 10 o'clock. If you're going to have it, have it be worth the money. Yeah, you you got to be in the top half, top third of the league. Right. It's got to be a premier game. 
Well, if you're going to give those to the networks, you got to get something back. Like, we're going to do this for you, and what are you going to do for us? They're going to pay you. <laughs> More? Yes. Oh, okay, that's good. Because I wondered if there could be a little horse trading for, okay, but we also need some 130 time slots over here. You kind of shot away from that, but we didn't exactly kill you. Utah and Washington gave you a great game at 1.30 in the afternoon. Oh, a couple years back? Yeah. And that was sweet. And I, I got to say, I was surprised when that game was announced at that time. I'm like, wow, that's a good time slot. The used don't get that. On the road for that game, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Be playing the day, the sunshine. It was in November, and it was a nice day, and the Utes won. Uh, I can remember... Several guys coming up to me. This is the kind of game we haven't won since we've been in the conference, and they won that game, and all was well in Utland, and yeah, it was that was that was pretty sweet, and and it was a beautiful day up there in uh, Seattle. Yeah, unlike the prior time they were there, it was uh, eight thirty at night, seven thirty up there, I guess. I think and I it think was the conference cold. Yeah, the conference is always going to have to play one or two of those games a week. They they just are. You know, and so if there's a game on FS1 and a game on ESPN, well, yeah, but so then you do so that. You do that in the desert, which is 7:30 in September. Well, and the TV networks and they are need to look do it because like, it's too hot. Yeah, the TV net, and, and so that's why going back to the thing, I think some of these game times can be set. Mm, I'm not that concerned about it. I mean, a couple of weeks is plenty. It's like it's become a mystery. You know, what's it going to be? Oh, they're going to release it. <laughs> you like the news of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start times now. Like you're just looking to see what Wilner puts out on Twitter. When we're really <laughs> bored, with the, uh, lay out all the, uh, game, the kick times for the Pac-12 network at the start of the year and see how many of them I get right. That's really boring. I just don't think it's that. Okay, let's do that on a Saturday. Do it on Yach Saturday <laughs> I wasn't show. talking about doing it on a oh, show. Oh, 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 I was oh. talking about just <laughs> doing it. Okay, I mean, I could tell you in literally, you know, thirty seconds. Well, I don't know that all the games. I think the Ute games would be somewhat interesting. That would, I would be up for that if you did that. Okay, but you kind of have to do it as a jigsaw puzzle for the whole conference because everything's got to fit. Again, nobody cares what Washington, what what Washington State and Arizona. But to figure out where the Utes are going to fall on that and predict, I'm going to have to know what other. I understand that. that I understand. You're going to have to have some reasoning behind it. Just don't come in here one morning with. Uh, what would that be? And then in week five, Oregon State. Nine games times 12 teams. Don't come in on that. <laughs> that, or if 50, you do. There's 50, 54 conference games, okay. I think is what you're getting at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah don't, don't do that. This, you're not Joe Lenardi here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, I predicted all the Pac-12 kickoff times. See what you think. Hey, dude, go get a life. Because <laughs> that last four in and first four out stuff just drives me nuts. Like, who cares? <laughs> I only care if it's uh, one of our teams. I really struggle even if it's other Pac-12 and Mountain West teams. <laughs> I don't even care on that because that means you haven't earned your way in. There's plenty of opportunities to get yourself in. Just get in. Yeah, when it's a 68-team tournament, it's hard to argue about there. You know, there's plenty of opportunities. Yeah. So, uh, Brad says, hopefully the Pac-12 network on YouTube TV. Everyone's got their favorite well, provider. Go now. down the road, yeah. yeah. A friend of mine just went to YouTube. Yeah, surprise, sixty-five years old. Yeah, and he saved it, a lot of money. It, that's what he was saying. Yeah, yeah. He just moved. 
And with the move of the house, he went that direction. I think my brother does YouTube and Apple, I think, are his two things. Yach says he does YouTube. I'm still traditional. Yeah. But again, it comes down to what we've had to chase down for work. In retirement, when you're looking to cut expenses, you know, the friend at 65, was he downsizing? Was he retired? No, he works. Oh, he does? Okay. Mm -hmm. So he just moved, and that was a chance. Hey, I'm going to have to reconnect. Why reconnect? Yeah. With Actually, old, he won't move for his job, really, to be closer to downtown. Oh, really? Yeah. He had reasons for being more out in the burbs, and those reasons changed. So he wanted to be yeah. closer. No, he's, I don't know, he hasn't it's, talked about retirement. You could you could do it. It's not that hard. My brother's no genius. He's pulled it off, so you can do it. The problem is you just can't right now, given what you're trying to watch for your job. We're, we're just in a weird situation because of that. Otherwise, you could pair it back big time. Yeah, um, it would be my wife's decision. <laughs> I don't let her worry about that. <laughs> she wanted to do it, I'd say, okay. This one, this is different, but we've kind of touched on this. Daniel says, the new Pac-12 commissioner, he's not going to pay himself like a dictator. Mm, that's so, up to the president. Right? So quit, right? So, But quit the, the dictator part, though. So quit treating the athletic departments, uh, athletic directors like they're in your way. Treat them like they're on your team. Sure, there were issues there. Guys, I need some recommendations. We need to brainstorm some ideas. I'm not going to let you tell me what to do, but we're on the same team. Uh, Larry Scott had an attitude, apparently, that this is the most important job in the world. And I got this. Yeah. And the combination of the two? Drove, it did him, did him in, and he made $40 million. <laughs> so, yeah. Let this be a lesson to you. Yeah. Who won that one? And then we've got Jeff. He's inviting BYU in immediately to finally give the Pac-12 the credibility that only the Zubies can provide. That got both heart emojis and laughing emojis. You can I, guess which fan base provided which. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Utah and BYU in the conference, but it's not going to happen, so no. forget it. There seems to be zero... No. Desire for the league to expand. I mean, UNLV would get in ahead of them. UNLV's not getting in. But they would. They, yeah. they would be higher on the list. Boise State? I'm not sure about that. San Diego or Fresno? Hawaii? Seems like, no. New Mexico? CSU? <laughs> Everybody? No. no. The whole Mountain West? No, Vegas because the city is booming. Yeah. And it's a city that people want to travel to. Yeah, they already have a Even though presence. UNLV would be bringing up the rear immediately. Yeah. Finishing behind Arizona in the South Division. I do think one thing the new commission is going to do as this new playoff gets here, the way it seems to be taking shape, I think the divisions are going to go away. I think the top, I think there's going to be one 12-team standings and the top two teams are going to play in the conference title game. I don't think you can afford with this new playoff that seems to be on the horizon. I know stuff can still change. But it seems to be on the horizon. I don't think they can risk having the three best teams in the conference in one division, yeah. and then the other division champ at six and three in the league and nine and three overall and ranked twenty fourth in the nation. I agree. Having yeah. them pull off an upset. I've been against the divisions from day one. I think you're about to get what you want. Yeah, I've said that. I've said that on record. Goodbye to the divisions, and I think yeah. the new twelve team playoff. If it happens, that's the nail in the coffin. That's what does it. Sure, makes so. total sense to me. All right, DJ and PK, 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. Coming up next, 
What is trending? All the headlines are on the way, including playoff basketball. That's next. Stay with us. Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. He got the offensive rebound, a steal by Holiday. What a play. Off to Bobby Porter, straight line to the rim, slam, dunk. Defense creating offense, and the Bucks make it 20-7. to Middleton driving, seven to shoot, to the corner. Portis, three-pointer, bango! Bobby Portis, 114-98. Holiday crossing, driving into the lane. Lob to Lopez for the slam. 118-105, 32 for Brooke. Milwaukee Bucks up three games to two over Atlanta in the Eastern Conference Finals. 123-112, the final score. BK Brooke Lopez getting free for an array of alley-oops, lobs, dunks, finishing in traffic. Atlanta with a small lineup, and they could not control him at all. Clint Capella couldn't do the job? No. Dang. So the Bucks win game five, and he wasn't the only guy who had it going. Who had, had it going? They had four guys over 20 points. Middleton, Portis, Holiday. Yes, the bench only gave him 12 points. Hmm. Very weak, very weak, very yes. weak. Yes, Gallinari was really the only bench player who had a big game for either. Yeah, he's team. from Italy, too. He's Italian. He's yeah. a bison. So, thank you. Yes, true story. So the Bucks will now try to close it out Saturday night. Trey Young, onto the camp. Giannis Antetokounmpo did not play. Young, though, is hopeful of playing tomorrow night in Game 6. A deep bone bruise and a sprained ankle, but he hopes he can go. And if he can't, then... If everyone who's hurt, wouldn't they all hope they could go? Some know there's no chance whatsoever. But nevertheless, they, they, wouldn't they hope? They may have given because up Because hope. hope versus chance is two different things. I think everyone who's injured, like every hospital in across the world, that person hopes he, he or she can go home today. Maybe not. Really? Sometimes it's better if you so, give up hope. Because if you know you're not going to, then it just hurts when the hope doesn't, whatever you're hoping for, doesn't happen. Well, then what's the point? If you don't have hope, why right. go on? So I would disagree with that. The, the hope might be a week down the line. The problem is Eastern Conference Finals aren't a week down the line. I'm going to end Saturday or Monday. Yeah. I, I'm. That, that's, that's true. Yep. Yeah, you got me there. <laughs> I mean, you, you stick to the facts. You're not bad. Toronto Raptors rookie guard Jalen Harris has been dismissed and disqualified from the NBA for violating terms of the league's anti-drug program. 22-year-old is eligible to reply for reinstatement in a year. Second-round pick out of Nevada. He played for the ha- Raptors on a two-way contract. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. We're going to play more complimentary football from defense to offense to special teams, um, and then we're going to be we're going to have a healthy team. We've all approached the off season, we've approached this the season the right way. That we're just excited. We're excited to hopefully we can stay healthy, we can get good fortune on that end, um, and then we can just put everything we've worked hard for together. We're excited for this year. It's going to be very very special for uh, for us and for Cowboy fans. Dak Prescott expects the Cowboys to be better. He's going to be healthy this fall. He's ready. Are they going to the Super Bowl for the first time in? 20-whatever, seven years, eight years. No, probably not. I thought we were but gonna... hope, they got hope. 
thought we were uh, winning one for the Gibber there for a second. <laughs> thought it was Rudy Rudinger in the uh, Notre Dame locker room. Dak is back. Gear up, Cowboy fans. He was at the College World Series. He was celebrating wildly. His, Mississippi State. His team was, uh, well, they just pounded, Na- uh, I was going to say Nashville, but Vanderbilt in the uh, final. Like 9 nothing or something. Yep. You know, one hit him. Yeah. And I thought it was. Start that again. I mean, I, I swear that was win one for the Gipper. Let's hear it, Yak. We're going to play more complimentary football from defense to offense to special teams. Um, and then we're going to be we're going to have a healthy team. We've all approached the offseason. We've approached this the season the right way that we're just excited. We're excited that hopefully we can stay healthy. We can get good fortune on that end. Um, and then we can just put everything we've worked hard for together. We're excited for this year. It's going to be very, very special for uh, for us and for Cowboy fans. Yeah. It didn't seem like he was on a, uh, on a chair. Summer, everybody's upbeat. There is hope everywhere in the NFL. NFL has fined the Jacksonville Jaguars, San Francisco 49ers, and Dallas Cowboys for organized team activities violations. The Jags fined the most, 200 grand. Head coach Urban Meyer was fined $100,000. They're also going to forfeit two OTA workouts in the first week of the 2022 season. Too much contact, PK. I told my assistants, don't do that. I step away for a minute, and I come back, and look what my assistants did. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to step away for health reasons now. Hmm. Not yet. It's too early. That's coming later. <laughs> Niners find hundred grand. Kyle Shanahan, fifty grand. So only, only half as much. They presumably only broke the rules half as often. Well, that's ridiculous, man. If you're going to do it, do it. Don't half rule it. Go for it, Urban. NFL has fined the Washington football team $10 million as a result of their league's investigation in the team's workplace culture. Tanya Snyder was named the team's co-CEO this week, will take over day-to-day duties and represent the franchise at league functions for the next several months. Her husband, Dan Snyder, will focus on a new stadium plan and other matters. Kind of, sort of suspended, but not really pushed away. But is he telling Tanya what to do? Or is she really calling the shots? And he's had his toy taken away. It's a toy? NFL team's an expensive toy, but it's a toy, yes. Really? NFL announced it cannot confirm Eugene Chung's allegations that a team official made discriminatory comments during an interview for a coaching job. After multiple discussions, including with Mr. Chung and his representative, we were unable to confirm the precise statement that was made or by whom and under what circumstances any such statement was made, the league said in a statement. Well, it doesn't matter. You can throw accusations of race all over the place. I mean, that's almost like daily now. Well, wait for the next one, because this one, it doesn't appear, is going any further down the road. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former USC running back Reggie Bush made it clear he believes the Heisman Trophy won in 2005 should be returned and his college statistics reinstated. In a statement released yesterday, Bush said, It is my strong belief that I won the Heisman Trophy solely due to my hard work and dedication on the football field, and it's also my firm belief that my record should be reinstated. Well, it's two different things. I mean, the Heisman, there's, there's no NCAA jurisdiction on that. That's just a group of people who hand out an award. The NCAA has nothing to do with that whatsoever. So like, here's your trophy back, and what are you going to do, put it on your mantle? And everything's going to, that's what he wants? Fine, give it to him. <laughs> the records, though, that's, that's another story. 
I don't think that's ever been done. They retroactively go back and, and give you what they took away. So with the timing on this, is it like, I just was, uh, I was ahead of my time. I mean, this comes out with name, image, and likeness. Ah, I cashed in on my name, image, and likeness a little bit. I mean, why bring this up now? Is it just because of the news of the week? I would think so. Former Georgia and Miami head coach Mark Rick announced on his Twitter account yesterday that he has been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. He's currently an analyst for the ACC Network. The symptoms were becoming visible to people and the way he walked and everything, so... He went public so he wouldn't have to answer a lot of questions. Answer them. Answer them all at once. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. One, two. And Altuve drills it pretty deep to left field. Down the line. It's hooking. And it's a grand slam. Jose Altuve goes deep. And the Astros take the lead. They're up 5-2. to two. Three, three, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, two down. This is what you dream about. Pitch to Freddie. Swung on and lined off of Lugo. The ball is rolling free. Heredia picks it up, throws over. He's safe. Braves win. Braves win it. Molina sets up away. The 0-2 is hit well to left field. High and deep and out of here. Touch of all time for the third time in as many games. And it's a walk-off winner for Elias Diaz. The pitch. Swing and a line drive to right. That's down. Base hit into the corner. Here comes India and the Reds walk off over the Padres 5-4. to four. A lot of drama in Major League Baseball. You just heard the Reds beat the Padres. Kyle Farmer hit the game-tying homer in the ninth. The Padres with a big error in the outfield to keep the inning alive. Profar dropping a ball. And the Reds get the win 5-4. to four, Which is great news for the Dodgers because they won. Max Muncy with a grand slam. They beat Washington 6-2. to two. And the Padres and Giants both lost. Giants beaten by the Arizona Diamondbacks. who are now 5-38 and 38 in their last 43 games. The rare victory for Arizona. And it comes at the Giants' expense. A little yeah. surprised Arizona pulled one off. Been a lot of losing what? lately. I know you bring it up every day. Yeah. <laughs> Five and thirty-eight is pretty spectacularly bad. And then if they should lose a game tomorrow, or we won't be here, so then Tuesday you'll tell me what their record is in their last whatever tomorrow. <laughs> Dodgers move within a half game of the lead in the division. Padres two and a half back of the Giants. Astros beat the Indians. Jose Altuve with the grand slam in that. The Astro highlights were in the mix there. Astros playing about 600 ball right now. They're going to quiet the critics. They think they're going to feel justified. They're going to feel like they cleared their name. Yeah, we were doing that, but we were good anyway. Who cares? They were good anyway. Yeah, but everyone cares because they need a little extra edge or they wouldn't have been doing it. And they could get away with it until they got caught. Red Sox, 15-1 to over the Royals. Complete annihilation. Boston hitting four home runs in that game. The Red Sox with the best record in the American League. They're 20 games over 500 right now. At 51-31, and 31, I tend to believe. Yes. Bees lost Oklahoma City, 11-8. Game two in the series tonight, 6 p.m. Steve Klauke on the call right here on The Zone. Well, the biggest baseball news is DeGrom gave up three runs. He had retired like 37 guys in a row in the first inning. A long series of perfect first innings, and he came out and he was human. His ERA is now 0.95. All the way up to 
Yeah. And he only had 14 Ks in seven innings. He was Dod- sucking. Dodger pitcher Trevor Bauer scheduled to make his next start Sunday for the club despite being under investigation for sexual assault. Woman with the allegations of two separate incidences earlier this year. Dodger manager Dave Roberts telling reporters, I'm in the position of following the lead of Major League Baseball. So don't blame me. Right. I wonder if he'll get roughed up. DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL back home again, hosting LAFC Saturday night for RSL. A lot of drop points at home. Too many too many ties, taking one point when they could have had three. Trying to break out of the gad against an LAFC team that, although they have been explosive in past years, hasn't been this year. Partly because Carlos Velo's been hurt, but he's uh, back. I, yeah. Well, I hope. You know, you got to hope. LAFC's Who's been... back? Carlos Vela. Oh. LAFC has been... Four on the road, three losses, one tie, one point out of four road matches this year. And they have played some of the better teams in the West, so the schedule's been part of it. But very disappointed in you. Because? Because you're not saying draws, you're saying ties. I can say draws if you'd like. It's interchangeable. No, it's not. People know both. Yes, it is. It is not. It is not. It is not. Well, RSL's had a lot of draws lately. A lot of one ones. Man, a scoreless game, too. That's nil-nil. This is very disappointing. 8 o'clock tomorrow night. They're opening up to full capacity and fireworks after the game. Let's hope they have the rare fireworks during the game. That would be good. 40,000 people going to be there, I bet. 40 is a bit much. No, but a surrounding area is watching oh, fireworks. okay. Gotcha. On the surrounding streets, getting the show for free. How about the bees? Are they having them? Did you say they're home or away? No, they're on the road. They're in Oklahoma City. Oh, when they have in their thing, yeah. They'll be doing one for Pioneer Day, if I'm not mistaken. You'd think they'd have uh, before that. Fireworks, big deal. That was fun. I, when I they always that. had those four-game series, now they're doing the six-game series, they used to plan the schedule from, like, everybody got a home game July 3rd or 4th. Correct. That's what but I'm saying. With how things are going right now, where you play six games either away or home, I think it's changing. Yeah, they gave, looks like they gave that well, up. Well, they just run back home and then go back fly back for one night. I did, we want our fireworks on those those two nights. I remember when I first moved here and July 4th was on a, a Sunday, man. It was a massive controversy. When are you going to have the fireworks? I'm not in Kansas anymore. No, you're not. <laughs> I haven't heard such a big deal about that this year. Despite the fact the 4th is falling on a Sunday, there really hasn't been much said. Yeah. Our city's doing them. You know, obviously they didn't do them last year. Or the, the areas that do them, not necessarily always cities. Depends on which municipality you happen to live in. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, talking NBA playoffs at 8.30 and jazz in the off season. And Greg Biggins, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports at the Elite 11 Finals. He will join us at 9 o'clock. Utes getting quarterbacks from from California. Have they broken through? Have they hit a new level in recruiting? We'll talk with Greg Biggins. Break on through to the other side? Break on through. Greg Biggins coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, the question of the day is next. Stay with us.
The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Name, image, and likeness is now a thing in college sports. We've each filled out names of college figures and products to endorse. We mixed them all up, and then we're taking a cold out of a pile. Hi, I'm Lou Holtz, and I'm here to tell you about Lee's Snap-On Nails. Hi, I'm Johnny Manziel, and I'm here to talk to you about Skull Chewing Tobacco. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin Colley, here for... The tsunami, the world's strongest in-home bidet. <laughs> tsunami. Magic happens. <laughs> Magic happens. <laughs> we are so juvenile. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. It's time for the question of the day. Should we have had lockdowns? Or, what are some suggestions? Yes, let's wade into that one. What are some suggestions for state of Utah college athletes to make money off of? A lot of people lost money with the lockdowns. All the businesses that had people gathering. You said we could talk about anything today. Boom. I want to talk about something. All right. Let's talk about lockdowns. Never mind. New question of the day, people. You shy away from it. Jeez. Don't tell me you gave me hope and then you took hope away. I didn't. I said, go, go ahead and talk about it. There's, you got all your hope. Maximum amount of hope. We talk about it. Not just me. We. Rules for thine, not ein. Or some, what's that expression? <laughs> Rules for thee, not me. Oh. There you go. Rules for the thine, not, not mine. Thine, not mine. That's actually pretty good, though. Thine, might not mine. You know, is thine actually a word? Sure. I hear people say it all the time. Thine will be done. <laughs> if thy has a vine, then it becomes thine. Huh. Let's make up some more words. What the heck? So, what's your question? Lockdowns, yay or nay? Bring it. No, everybody knows where I stood on that. What are some suggestions for the athletes across the state of Utah, the college athletes, to make money off it's time of to now? get serious, man. Let's go. Let's brainstorm some ideas. Let's create some opportunity. Yeah. This Let's is go. Now, this is now it. These, these lads, they can get rich. There's no limit either. I mean, if you go into a grocery store... And swipe a pair, a box of prophylactics, boom, there it is. Prophylactic company gets you right there. I'll give you a hundred bucks to come shoplift from me and get arrested, and then we'll both get a lot of publicity. Yeah. Mine will be good, yours will be bad. I'll be sympathetic, you not so much. Well, so what? I mean, I can go to jail over that, right? Social media, hundred bucks a tweet. We've Endorse had, my company. Let's pe- go. We've had Mention my this, restaurant. People in this country who murdered people and didn't go to jail and became heroes. Groups of people celebrated when the person was not convicted. Thousands of them took to the streets. See, not going to go to jail for uh, preventing. Transmitted disease or unwanted pregnancy. That's just smart. That's what? Smart. <laughs> smart. You're from Boston all of a sudden? What about me? I'm smart. <laughs> Back to the Godfather. 
That is a great line. <laughs> so pathetic. <laughs> he is a great actor. Gone before his time. She had a bunch more. That's not roles. true, though. My mother always said, when it's your time, time it's, it's your, your time. time. Yeah. So it was his time. Cancer. Yeah, so you're wrong about that. It always bugged me when she said that, too. As she was smoking another pack of cigarettes. <laughs> And living in her 80s and beating all the odds. <laughs> she stopped, man, in her 70s. Both my parents. Was, I have a picture of, that, a picture of them at her senior prom. And at the bottom of the picture, they're both having cigarettes. And then they were both in their 70s. And both had major health scares, as often the case. And both of them just quit cold turkey. Just boom, right on the spot. You didn't, you didn't bust them sneaking stuff out on the patio. No. They were no. done. Yeah. Turn the page. My father had a heart attack on Thanksgiving Day, 2004. How old was he at that point? 72, maybe. Yeah, okay. Uh, somewhere in that range. So you think they might have lived into their 90s or 100? Because, I mean, they lived good, long lives uh, despite that. But to get, you got relatives who, who made it to 90. Oh, all my mother's sisters. Yeah. In Did fact, there's one who's still going strong. And she drives herself down to the casino daily because my sister lives down by the casino and they see, they see each other. She's in her 90s. Yeah. And I had one who lived to 99, little Aunt Maisie, yeah. who was about three feet tall by the time she died. She kept shrinking. And she was never very tall to begin with. And two of those, four of them, four CML sisters, one became a nun and taught Frankie Valley's kids. Awesome. In the oranges. And then the other two, both their husbands died at around 50. Well, one, the one's still alive. So she's in her 90s. The other one died at 99, and neither one of them ever remarried. You think if honey goes, you'll try to get back in there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll see how that plays out. You got probably go first. Probably well, yeah, but hey, regardless, you don't know that. I don't. Okay, right. you think Honey will get back out? I don't know. I haven't asked her. You should have that discussion. Yeah. You'd want her to be happy, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Well, you got to start thinking about that, you know? You're of the age now. Yep. you got to give your permission. Or I'll think about it later. No. I mean, it's something that I think everyone, and you know, when you, I mean, you guys have had the best marriage. There's no question about that. <laughs> You've been happy as hell. You're just making stuff up left and right. <laughs> what do you mean I'm making stuff up? <laughs> you you posted this question. I thought you liked it. All you these years, don't like it. You've never come in and complained about honey last night. What's the point? How would that help? Doesn't help. People get a lot of frustration. <laughs> I mean, what do you? How's that help? I mean, I could act as a therapist, and you know, unofficially, of course. So, what do you mean? <laughs> just a sounding board, as it were. People complain about stuff and get get it off your chest. You've heard that expression a million times over. You know, sometimes you just have to say something. Jeez. You know, I got a friend who's going through that now. It's a serious issue. Two years ago. You might be living, you might have the happiest marriage ever. You don't come in and complain about Mrs. K. All these years. There's nothing to complain about. See, because you have the happiest marriage. No. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> That's not true at all. It's just all the unhappiness flows one way. 
It's all her being upset with you. <laughs> she would have like 5,000 things to complain about. Okay, now we're clear. Well, that's probably... I mean, what am I going to complain that's about? That's probably how I'd work with me and my wife, too. She'd have a long laundry list. She'd be over here like, yeah. oh, I don't know, this seems pretty good. I'm good. I mean, she very well could yeah. be in the car right now, and I mean, she's just thinking, yeah, tell me about it. You. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was the time he... Yeah. And then the time he popped off. I mean, it's a freaking checklist. <laughs> For me, I got to go... I got to get through, like... 85,000 things before you've got a you got some things she's too good at golf there's that no, that's not a <laughs> shot of 77 yesterday she did not me uh, she had it going yeah uh, it was where'd she play that was uh, that team competition that she's in I think yesterday was at Old Mill hmm? 77 they, at Old Mill they play Match other, it, people they play other teams from other other locations I like it. a little competition a little edge mix it up yeah, I think there's uh, eight eight of them. They go out and they play. Do you need that? Do you need to compete against someone when you're playing golf to have fun? No. Uh, we've got some friends who need no. to gamble. Some people just like to go out and try to beat their they, – they know what their own score should be. No, golf is an individual thing. In fact, I'm one of these guys who rarely knows what the other guy's doing. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I don't pay one bit of attention. I mean, I have a general idea – particularly at the start. If you birdie, I know you're one under on the first hole or whatever it might be. But we get three, four holes into it, and I could be you, – you have a general idea, but I'm not uh, no to the T what that person's shooting or, or – Any given hole, you know what's going on. By the time you're seven yeah. holes in, you're not adding it up. I can't afford to mentally. I'm too weak mentally. And like Phil Mickelson said for the uh, PGA, he said he would play. He was out playing 36 because he was having concentration issues, and that's the one thing that I think is so very important, really, at any sport, is to be able to concentrate and be completely zoned in. I've talked to Mike Weir about that, as far as how that goes, you know. And he's coming up 18, and they won in the playoff, if I remember his Masters win. You know, to be able to stay there and not let your mind stray is uh, so, so difficult, really, in anything that you're doing. And all the great ones have that ability to literally zone in or zone out everything else and just be 100% focused on what the task is at hand. I think that is such an under-discussed skill of what it takes. And it doesn't really matter any form of sport whatsoever. You could be standing there with the MLS Cup on the line, and and you're in the penalty kick situation as you were against the dreaded Sporting KC, and we hate those guys, you know. But you did not overcome the anger. You stayed right there. And Chris Paul the other night, you know, he, he had plenty of opportunities. I mean, finally Beverly, who went on Twitter and apologized if you accept it or not, it's up to you, uh, for being for pushing Paul. Well, the Clippers, you know, they have a tendency to try to get under skin, maybe rough you up a little bit. Well, don't let that sidetrack you. Be able to stay right on task. I really believe that that is something that is an absolute requirement to compete at any level. It doesn't matter. Why is one guy standing at the free throw line and you're thinking, oh, no. The other guy's standing at the free throw line and you're thinking, yes. Give me the ball. I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. I'm going to win the game. As opposed to, don't hit the ball at me. Don't hit the ball at me. Well, yeah. And I'm t- even from Every a fan sport. perspective, yeah. we know who has it. Who do we want in that situation? Who do we not want? I think most fans here would think absolutely Donovan Mitchell in that moment, whatever that moment is, have him do it. Because... 
for whatever the reason is, and it's all from the neck up, or maybe it's down for the heart too, but I think heart is just more of an expression than literal heart. You know. Well, and and I don't know. If there's anything medical to this. It's just how I think of it. But when you talk about heart, I think about energy and effort level. And when you talk about the other stuff, I do think in the brain the focus, like one free throw, right, one putt. But when you, when you say hard, I think about some guy running 30 yards downfield to throw a ball. I, I see the difference. Yeah, so I definitely see the difference. Now, I don't know that there's anything medical to that. That just seems expressions and what I've gotten used to over time. But that mental toughness heard, there and, and is we, just a, it's. I don't think it's a skill that is when discussed Mike Weir, enough. When Mike Weir is back, um, back on our show, we have to remember to ask him. I read this once. I don't know if it's true, and you've probably read more about golf than I have, so maybe you've heard it too, that they, they, they lock in for the drive. But then they are capable of just unlocking, I guess would be the expression, and just you're walking down the fairway and you talk to your caddy. Maybe you talk to the other guy. It depends. But when you get to the ball at 150 or wherever, you lock back in and you stay locked in until the ball's in the cup. And that seems like a crazy skill to me. But when I'm reading guys talking about how they do that, I'll I'll take you at face value. I don't do it. What would I know? Tiger seemed like he was locked, locked in, in before he got dressed. Yes, and and actually reading stories about how he walked past his mom leaving the locker room clubhouse area at Augusta, going to the first tee, and he walked by her and she said something, you know, good luck or whatever, and uh, and he just didn't even break stride. It must have just like bounced off his force field and headed off into the atmosphere because he was locked in going to the tee. Yeah. And maybe the majors are different. Maybe they really do lock in and you don't. In the regular tournaments, you just can't lock in the same way. But you see guys walking down the fairway, talking to fans or whatever, and they do that, sure, walking from the from the, the tee to wherever their shot landed, but they don't do it around the green if they're chipping and putting. Then they're locked in. So. All right, help us lock in now, people, on Moneymakers. You got ideas, PK? You've been thinking about this? For sure. Yeah. Social social media, any business. Here's a hundred bucks. Tweet out about my store, company, brand, location, product. Well, it seems to me that there's more than just advertising, though. I mean, that's we're just going to that as it's too a limiting. Way. It's good, but it's too limiting. Beyond that, appearances. See, the appearance thing, that's where I think you really have to have star power. I mean, no lineman could have enough social media followers and be singing string and still be valuable. Anonymous, not a star, but be valuable. When you start getting into the whole appearance thing, come speak to this group, come show up at a store and sign autographs. Now it's going to matter if you're in one of the Olympic sports or if you're playing football. And it's going to matter if you're first string or second string and if you're a quarterback or a defensive player. You're going to need the celebrity and the star power for the appearance thing. So you're going to have to then, if that's the situation that we're going on, then you're going to have to use, as you call, the free media Mm -hmm. to the utmost in order to get your name out there. Yep. And maybe that's how you add to your social media following. Because I've read a lot, there's been a lot written in the last two days, that uh, we might be underestimating... I think it's easy for us to assume if you're a star football player, 
you're you're going to cash in on this. So that's true. But any athlete who's got a social media following can be an influencer. There are influencers out there that you and I have never heard of. Yox a generation younger than us, but there are social influencers he doesn't know anything about. There are 19-year-old kids out there on Instagram, whatever, going nuts making money about products he doesn't really care about because, you know, He's 30 now and he's married this to This Instagram kids. is interesting. You know, Trevor Bauer's in this situation. You wonder how he can be locked in uh, when he takes them out. I think they were saying on Saturday or, Saturday or Sunday is his next start. And apparently this young lady that is uh, making these claims against him, they met on Instagram. So, And, and my little 16-year-old has a friend and she's telling me, that the friend has a boyfriend. Oh, yeah? Does he go over to his house, her house? Oh, no. They've never met. They just correspond on Instagram. <laughs> That's a boyfriend. <laughs> so it's a little a step above Manti Teo. <laughs> Apparently, this person does exist. Uh, but they've I, never... <laughs> That brings up the question, are they really a 16-year-old? Yeah, I know you can't answer that. Well, you, you but there's there's photographical evidence that you can put Instagram. It's a visual yeah. Yeah. social medium. It's not just words. So I suppose you can go on and put fake pictures, right? But it seems like that the odds are better than yeah, the person. Yeah, right. it seems like that's a stretch. But you've never met, and you're a boyfriend. Interesting. Yeah, well, but you're 16, so you're trying to have logic there. Mm-hmm. That's probably a bad thing. Probably to do. a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but they they text each other and whatnot. So this Instagram thing, I mean, I wonder if that's that's the way to go uh, as far as, but even more than Twitter or Facebook or or other forms of social media is Instagram now just going to take off even more because. Uh, just the nature of it. You can write whatever long, you can write a book on Instagram, I guess, if you wanted to. And so you can, if the athlete is endorsing something, he or she can write a whole big spiel. And it's just, it's conducive to that type of thing. So I just wonder if that form of social media is going to be the way that they go uh, on that. And, And would that be something, is the media as we define it traditionally, is that even necessary? You just see the, 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 the word. Well, they think the answer to that is no. Yeah. The it's not necessary. It's just sort of going down the toilet. It's not necessary, but it might be useful. I mean, the two aren't mutually exclusive. No, you they're can, not. But you it can hit a home run. Primary, just can no, be it secondary. doesn't. It absolutely doesn't. Right. But you can, you can leverage one into the other. Now, you might just take off without any traditional media. Certainly, people have, lots of people have done that. Right. I think that that's probably yeah. going to be the case because you're going to be able to make yourself far more available. You know, TV, if you're on an interview and it's three minutes, that's long. Uh, so, whereas in, in the social media, you can, you can go, as right. I say, you can go on and on. You can create a book on it if you wanted, to, depending on how long you want to make it. So, the regular media... 
I don't even know that you necessarily need that person. Maybe you need that initially, but then it takes on. Maybe you don't need it at all. Maybe we're just fuddy-duddies, no. and that's the I would way say, we see I, it. I think it's already been established 100%. There are people who have blown up, who are huge, who have not used traditional media. There are also people who have blown up on social media who have used tradu- traditional media to gain momentum. So it can go both ways. Yeah, but I so don't it's know that everybody's, you need that anymore. It's everybody's own story. You don't. You don't need it. It can be useful, but it isn't the only path. And it isn't even a necessary path. It can be. It can be a spectacularly useful path. It's a way to reach new people. Add them to your collection. Push your numbers higher. Push your followers higher. Or blow it off and blow up on YouTube and Instagram and that's it. And there are plenty of people who've done that. Like this girl, this Hannah, they call her Hannah Stocking. And she's an American internet personality. Mm -hmm. She has 7.7 million subscribers to YouTube. 19 million followers on Instagram. And she's never really ventured into the traditional media. media. Right. Yeah. And she has a talk show, YouTube music show. And apparently the the rumor was her and Rudy are getting together. And it's just an example. I mean, this is enormous, enormous following uh, on this social media. Are these kids going to be able to do something like that? And I saw BYU was, um, was in the news yesterday for their... You can't advertise coffee. And they, what a f- bunch of freaking weirdos. I mean, that's that was the implication. Of the story? Of the, f- uh, well, the ESPN reported it because they sent out the email yesterday. And BYU, to their credit, is trying to be as much ahead of the game as they possibly can. You know, the whole built for life thing uh, a couple of weeks or two weeks ago when it was media day and all that stuff. And they had everybody wearing those shirts. They clearly had planned that out to a high, high level. And then the thing comes out and boom, they sent out a, 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 a long form email to everyone. Well, I'm sure you got it. We all got it. Yeah. And so then some people pick up on that and be, and people are looking for this. It was a not necessarily the story of the day, but it was a story of the day, and so they sent it. They sent it out immediately, trying to be on top of it. And then the, the one that I saw, the one I, the anchor guy, I don't know his name. I've seen him on, on reporting it, uh, anchoring uh, the desk there many times over, but I can't think of his name. I don't even know his name actually. And so he read what was out there, and then the fallout from that was, oh, they can't endorse coffee brand. How weird are they? And that's not what they intended, but that's the way. Uh, that's the way it played out. The way I saw it, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that became a talking point, and it sounds so bizarre. Well, really, when you step back, and no matter what you think of it, the rest of us who are familiar with the code and the rules, and, well, yeah, of course, that's what they, that's what they were going to do. And then you start going off into the caffeine area and what's acceptable and what isn't. And then you start, you, you start getting bogged down in the details uh, and when really the, the crucial issue is, did God appear to this guy or no? I mean, that's the essence here. But we're all way over here discussing all this other stuff. Coffee, tea, <laughs> soda, and what's decaf. Caffeine? Yeah, right, you're, yeah. So you're going to get bogged down in all these, that, that, that just these details that become 
discussion points for others and it's like oh man is that really where you want to go but then you're looking at it and and if you're from the outside you're looking at them oh, them people's weird i get it i get it and so it was sort of unfortunate because i i have to respect what byu is trying to accomplish they're trying to get their arms around this thing as much as they possibly can. And we had Tom Homo on yesterday knowing full well that things change and yeah, are you going to change. You can't get your arms all the way around it. You, you just you can, but it's temporary. You just try to get off on the right foot and do the best you can. Get get in front of it. And they really are. They're doing yeah. an excellent job there. But yet but it was all still, about... Well, Unanswerable questions and things are going to change in three months and in three years. Whether they can yeah. endorse coffee or not. And is that going to get you? Like, what's the first guy? He's going to be suspended because he endorsed coffee. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, that's not going to happen, is it? I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing you anything, but I don't think so. Eric says he would have loved to see Zach Wilson in a Vivint commercial with Snoop. Well, Snoop, it's probably nothing that he wouldn't be willing to endorse. That guy's everywhere, man. He's a, just a marketing genius. You got to give him so much credit, man, whether you like him or not. And some of the stuff he says may be outrageous to you, but, man, he knows how to turn on the charm. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hit us up with more ideas. Facebook, DJ and PK. Hit us up on Twitter right now. David DJ James. We'll get to that next. And David Locke's coming up at 830. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When you get the carpets clean, it's never just clean. It's Zero Res clean. Don't have it any other way. Just $33, just $33 per room clean. Plus, you get a fourth room for free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule Zero Res today by calling them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online by searching for Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. It's a shame that it, this wasn't around in Austin Collie's day because obviously... David Copperfield could have had a field day using him as a spokesman. Magic. And then we just played the tease on that or the promo from those guys yesterday with Austin saying magic happens. The magic no, happens. At no point do I get any credit. There's no magic happens without me. I thought you were a junkyard uh, dog. Happens. I thought you were a junkyard dog and you didn't want magic. Or, no. You distracted me by playing a knot. I was trying to figure out who it was. <laughs> You didn't want credit. You're a junkyard dog. I don't want credit. I don't, but that doesn't mean you don't give it. (laughs) Magic uh, happens. (laughs) That's great. That's uh, Robert uh, Anai. Anai. (laughs) Dr. Uh, Anai. I I don't want credit, but I would like to be acknowledged for the greatness that I've created. (laughs) Magic happens. That's credit. No, it's not. It's acknowledgement. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's a snake. No, it's not. It's a legless lizard. Okay. You got me. 
Shouldn't you be acknowledged for your work? That's all. That's all I'm asking. And those guys running around building a whole thing off of it, and not once do they acknowledge the guy who created that. There's no magic happens without me. There's no, yeah, do you really want me to go into it? There's no, <laughs> I let down 9 million Mormons. I mean, what the hell? I kind of think I made my mark here. Well, you've been on the radio for 19 years. That's your credit. A compliment doesn't pay. Doing the radio show actually does. Right. And that's the essence of me. I'm not asking for any monetary gain here. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> Unlike you. I definitely am. I know you are. I'm open and honest about it. You're over there. I'm not asking for no, Yeah, you are. No, the, One of the great aspects of my greatness is my humility. Uh-huh. Everyone knows that. Clearly. PK, take it off, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're just here for the sexuality. <laughs> and, uh, that was a great experience for both of us. Uh, and by us, you mean you and her. Yes. Not us sitting in the room, let's be clear. Oh, I think you have often fantasized about seeing me in the nude. Oh, my God. What a horrible <laughs> turn of events. What a horrible turn of events. Well, she did. What did she ask me? Yak, what did she ask me? <laughs> Yak, you got your promo for the day. You came in here that today. That should actually you be said, the out cue right there. We, Yuck, you got your promo for the day. We can say anything. You came. That's, should, I did. You're the leader of the show. I follow your lead. PK, <laughs> take it off, baby. And I did. There's, there's nobody on the roads to complain about anything today. You who are listening, look around. There's maybe two or three of you out you've there on, never, on the roads listening to the show You've never had a showgirl ask you to derobe. I have. The four-lane boulevard not far from my house. It's usually packed with commuters. It had a handful of folks on it today. Most going over the speed limit. four-lane boulevard. Yep. The main drag. Man, you live in an elite area. You live by four-lane boulevards. You live... I got a big a TV. quarter to a half a mile from a four-lane boulevard, which you commute I, you know, on, too. Now that I think about that, that was a euphemism, Yock. <laughs> 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 Paycheck is why I live in Utah. Yeah. So, so screw you all. I've been playing you for almost 30 years. So you texted me for a topic, and uh, then you didn't put it up. You it was, forgot it. I didn't forget it. And yeah. I texted and told you what it was, and you still didn't put it up. I but forgot it. Now I realize. I was, it was busy last night. Now I realize it's because you never really intended to talk about the topic we have up. This is now two <laughs> segments we've tried to talk about this topic, which is a perfectly decent I'm topic. I'm the one who brought up that and co- you're David playing, Copperfield you're playing. The, you're playing the greatest hits. Showgirls, Magic Happens, <laughs> Nine Million Mormons. PK, take it off, baby. Yeah, right? It's just like, oh, well, that's why you didn't put it up. We're not going to use it anyway. <laughs> it's just, I, you're the show leader. I follow your lead. <laughs> oh, good one. That's not what's happened. You're on the back of the fire truck with your own steering wheel going wherever you want. That's I brought you know. up <laughs> David Copperfield for Austin. Yes. They would have had I know that. you did. individual things we will try this topic again for the third time next the third time's the charm you feeling it yuck i can't wait to see what randomness happens next stick around for that and then the king of randomness free association long pauses and then another tangent david Locke joining us at 8 30 so buckle up as bowler would say see i gave him a shout out that's what you want you just want the shout out 
Just some acknowledgement. That's all. Nothing much. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Magic uh, happens. Top 1660 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. Jacob says, Jacob at, the team is the star 09. Just listen to DJ and PK for about three minutes and it might be the most confusing three minutes of radio I've ever heard. Nine million Mormons? Question mark, question mark. He's probably a little on the younger side. Doesn't remember the quote that helped Usher Roger read out the door at BYU. Yeah, the Chris Burgess thing yep. when he committed to Duke. Question of the day. Should we take a third start, sh- shot at this one, or do you want to jump to the other one? Which one's going to intrigue you more? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> it's not what I want. You're the leader. What are some suggestions for the state of Utah college athletes to make money off of? Name, image, and likeness. Kicked in July 1. What are the best opportunities? David says they could sell fireworks in a multi-level marketing scheme. Fireworks, very popular in Utah. It's that time of year. And the fireworks, though, I got to have the traditional in the sky. The stuff on the ground on the, you go out that in the, the street. neighbor's doing, it just doesn't work for it me. It doesn't, because you didn't grow up with it, right? No. I didn't grow up with it either. I'm used to, you're right, you go somewhere, they shoot fireworks off, and they're a quarter of a mile up in the air. Yeah, and you hear and they, boom, and all right. that stuff, and then they And then sparkle. there's the pause before they explode. Yeah. So the, the ones in the street, just, all they do is keep me up. Grant wants athletes endorsing products like a built bar and stuff. Bill Bar seems like a natural. Something healthy, grab and go, eat on the run. Quick snack for the athlete. Help you rebound from the workout. I prefer a slow snack. Yeah, I, I just wonder how much is going to be advertising, though. It's, I just don't know that that's going to be it. Garrett says auto dealers are auto brand endorsements. Back to the advertising. So it's just advertising. That's it. What do you want it to be? Or what do you think it will be? I'm not sure. I don't know that I have any specific answers, but I, I just don't know that some basketball player at BYU who is just a... Another run-of-the-mill guy is is, is going to make me want to buy a particular product. You know, everyone goes back to Jimmer. All right. Well, let's see. Jimmer and Ainge. We've just spanned 50 years. Hmm. <laughs> and that's about it. 40 years. And that's about it. So who is compelling enough to get you to do anything. BYU quarterbacks. Potentially, not always. I mean, those guys end up can, can end up being the most roasted college player we have in any sport. High risk, high reward playing BYU quarterback. We can go through the list of guys who've been roasted. Yeah, it's a very high visibility position. 
uh, probably in the colleges in our state, the BYU quarterback's probably the highest visible. Far more so than Utah is. I, I, I would I would think even Ute fans would agree with that. I would expect they would. I mean, Lee Gross Cup and Alex Smith. I guess it goes two ways. If you have a product and you need to reach a new segment of the audience, the athlete, especially the athlete with a lot of social media, could introduce your product to a whole new group of yeah, people. Yeah, but those are the people but that how advertisers much this, don't target them. But how much of this is really about the booster who's going to give the money to the kid, not because it's going to help the program. Because he's a jock sniffer? Right. Hey, I want to know this kid. I want to hang out with this kid. Oh, grow up. And I want this team to win, so by making sure players get paid, I'm helping the coach recruit. So it's more like a donation to the program, although it goes into the kid's pocket. I'm not sure I really see that. I can see it on theory, but will it actually be applied and happen to maybe two or three, four, five kids? And if you go football, you got 100 plus. Right. But if you have a decent team, yeah, you're not going to buy a whole team. But if you have a decent team and you had a few difference makers, quarterback, running back, big time pass rusher, if you already have a solid team, can that elevate it? Whether it does or not, if someone thinks it does, then they'll just go do it. And you have seen some jock sniffing around teams in your time, so you can't, even though you can dismiss it, ah, you jock sniffing, it's going to happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There was this guy who used to fly with the Utes, because they they don't, and they charge sometimes. Huntsman would lend them their jet from uh, Laramie. But most of the time it would be just regular, and he would always be around. And he'd sit on a plane, and he'd try to talk to them. And even little old UC Santa Barbara had that. Yeah, they had yeah. they had two big boosters, and one of them wanted to hang out with the kids big time and laugh and joke with them. And he was fifty, whatever. And seems so bizarre to me. People were used to having him around, so they were kind of nice to him, but it wasn't like they were tight with him. Yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't see any of them now. But then you know the others. The, the real high roller dudes, they were around when they wanted to be around. Like John Huntsman would be around when he wanted to be around. He had other stuff and, going. And, and his presence was recognized. One time somewhere, I think we are in California, he came up to me. Patrick, John Huntsman. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm in awe of this man. I know, right? Who's like, <laughs> a phenomenal businessman, done all this stuff for cancer, a respected uh, church leader in his church community. Like, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'm not going to call you John, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. I may call you Mr. Huntsman. JH, not, what up, dog? I'm not calling you John. <laughs> That just doesn't seem right. And this was 20 years ago, so I was way younger. And there's just no way. I'm, I said, I think I said, I know who you are, Mr. Huntsman. <laughs> Got an idea who you are. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, he, he was around, but not all the time. But when he was around, 
everybody knew who he was. I mean, he was a distinguished man. It's of, a big game. And then you look down, and there he was in his seats. Yeah. It's not and, a big game. Oh, he's not there. He gave the, the tickets. NCAA tournament. Gave the tickets around. Yeah. Uh, yep. So. In Boise, over the head of the media. I'll call you. We'll go to dinner. Talking to Bajaris. All the media's looking like, yeah, we won't be invited to that dinner. But it was sort of unassuming in his own way, I thought, anyway. And, and his reputation for me. I hadn't heard of him, but I knew it was the Huntsman Center, and that was him. So I put two and two together. And knew, okay, he has to be somebody. Uh, but like uh, somebody like that it w- would, so he's got. Well, he's a booster. So will someone like that? For but the he people, doesn't need you to advertise for I him. I agree, that's what but I'm that's saying. where it's more like a donation to the program. Will someone, the people who have their names on stadiums and arenas, that level of booster, will they make sure that money gets funneled to players, not so much because it's going to help their business, but because it's a way to support the program. Yeah, but what, the player, what does the player do in return? There's got to be a sponsorship. Yeah, that personalized appearances. Maybe they do autograph do ads signing. or something. Autograph sign. Yeah, I mean, they, they can come up with something. So you sign autographs and I'm going to give you money? That's yeah. what they're allowing them to do. But what? Come on, come John, on down to the car dealership. That, that, that's my point. Huntsman doesn't have a car dealership, right? His so you don't come down to it. Sure, like Nike doesn't need an Oregon athlete to sell shoes because Nike's going to sell plenty of shoes. But hey, you're a booster, and your name's on the arena, and so you tell the right, kid. But you keep come coming on down. down to it, a public appearance. That's, that's It could be a retweet. It could be a retweet of uh, it could be anything. They're going to create it because it doesn't really matter. What would somebody like a John Huntsman create to give the player money? That's my point. He doesn't have a business that I need you to right, advertise. I get it. He doesn't, he's not owning a and retail so business. How does he have you come down and Re- sign autographs? for? There's nothing there. How is that <laughs> going Huntsman to Cancer work? Center. Well, yeah, come we're down and make a, an, We're having a fundraiser for the Huntsman Cancer Center. Everybody retweet it. No, they have that fundraiser and yeah. have it there and have the players. Yeah, we got, a, we got a golf tournament to raise money yeah. for that. I mean, they, they got a whole development team up there at Huntsman Cancer that's going out and raising money. So whatever, whatever events they're doing, maybe it would be that. I mean, I get your point because he's running, you know, uh, plastics. So, I mean, hey, we got a new uh, petrochemical facility in, uh, in Texas. Come on down and sign autographs. It makes no sense. Right. Right. I totally, I totally right. get that. Right. I get where you're going. But he would find something. He would create something somehow. Maybe it'd be T-shirts to increase the visibility of the Huntsman Cancer Center. And we know about it in Utah, so maybe for an out-of-state athlete, you know, it'd be doing something out-of-state to increase its visibility. I'm trying to think of a way for more kids to get cash mm-hmm. rather than exclusively just... The quarterback Public appearance and some form of advertising. Ben says garage sale. Thanks, Ben, but that's not what we're going for. What do you mean garage sale? Uh, now they can make money off a of garage sale. You really couldn't make money off everything. We had didn't Steve Alford when he was a player, not when he was a coach, but when he was a player in Indiana. I think he did a photo shoot for a charity calendar and got suspended for a game. So now you can say, hey. I'm I'm Joe Blow. We're having a major garage sale and a blowout. Come on down and again, that's, and he can that's make money. back to advertising. Yeah, well, that's where most of our listeners are going, and I get you want to go beyond that. 
I'm trying to think of ways. I'm not coming up with any successful ways, but I'm trying to think of ways more than because I'm trying to spread it around a little bit to have. Do some of them start their own business and make money off it? Because I was thinking like in the Huntsman Institute or the Huntsman example that you come to work for me. That's an interesting thought that now players could get paid internships in the offseason. Well, BYU with that Built for Life camp, uh, program they built, they actually have it in the guidelines or whatever. They're going to have paid internships as part of and it. And so you get a lot of these kids, and many of them now, they come in January and then they stay in the summer. So they put themselves in the position to graduate, if not in four years, in three years. Right, the and, football players. I yeah. think at the U now, and, and I haven't been told this, but just from doing the interviews we've done, it seems like there's a plan from the day they show up to graduate in three and a half years. So they play the four, but they have the degree, the bowl game's done, and they can go prepare for the NFL. And they got the degree. Mom and dad are happy. The academic side's fulfilled. So they're on the three and a half year plan. And we heard like Matt Leinard was taking ballroom dancing his senior year, mm-hmm. his senior year of athletic eligibility because he chose to come back. So I'm thinking in that situation, John Beck used to talk about that. His senior year, he said, was so awesome. The team was really good, and he had no real academic stress or what have you. And he used to talk about going down to Scipio and hunt. <laughs> And then come back in time for practice, right? So I'm thinking. So you go to work for these guys, yes, and they make and they pay you big money, and you're actually I could you're you're employed that, by them, not just showing up at the car dealership. I I, I can totally see boosters doing that. I, I could. I mean, he's obviously he's not alive now, but that seems like the thing that would have appealed to John Huntsman, like. Come up and get started in business. Brian Johnson. You talk about all the athletes, right? Brian Johnson was watching a ton of film his senior year because basically he was done in school and he was taking a class or two because he was done. Right. And so you that be could enrolled. be something they so can dangle. Be, you, yeah. you, you take care of your academics, your fourth year of eligibility, particularly if you've redshirted, which obviously I think Brian, Brian did, right? Did because he hurt his knee. Yeah. yeah. He and was in his fifth year. Right. So that that is the time. So it's not anything that the public is aware about, but you do. No, that's legit you, now. You work right. for me and I pay you 50 grand to whatever it is. Right. What, you know, what, Whatever business that and you have the total uh, flexible schedule. That's kind of yeah. been set up now. The Olympics has done that for athletes. The U.S. Olympic Committee has set stuff up. And so, like, the speed skaters who come and train at the Oval that they built in Kearns for the 2002 games, uh-huh. they work at Home Depot. Home Depot's got a whole program, and it's got super flexible hours because depending on the sport and the season, you know, they have more free time. They have less free time. And what time of day? And they got a whole program to accommodate all of that because you're you've been identified as either an Olympian or a potential Olympian. And that extends; it doesn't necessarily factor into your popularity. It's just did you take care of your coursework that gives you the time, so you're not having to carry 16 hours. Yeah. In addition to being a full time participant in football or volleyball or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. 
So to me, that is something that I would like to see as a reward for your academics. And then you still have athletic eligibility and you choose to use that and you don't go on to the NFL or to whatever it is that you're would be your pro uh, sport. So you're there on campus. Take advantage of that because I just can't see I'm trying to figure out how many kids are actually going to benefit from this. Are we just building this up? And it really is just a select few, so it doesn't really matter. There's not really any big uh, widespread uh, availability. So we discussed this for years and went through the courts and we made But it was really just for the... It. But it was like three or four kids. It's really for the Reggie Bushes of the world. Yeah. And it's for the uh, uh, Johnny Footballs. You're Texas A&M's quarterback and you're exciting, so Manziel gets paid. Right, and good for, but, good for but that how person, about, but that's just how about the other like one in a million, yeah. basically. How about the other 80-whatever uh, scholarship players at A&M every year? And that's just the one team, but the hundreds that are mm-hmm. doing it uh, for, you know, well, they got 400 uh, kids playing sports and, and campus, and whatever it might be, depending on how many programs you have uh, going forward there. So I just don't know how many car dealers are going to so, have Joe, so Joe always, Kidd okay, show so we up always, on a Saturday at noon. We always joke about this, but BYU's launching the Built for Life thing. And we always joke about the ex-BYU athlete who settles in Alpine or Highland and is an entrepreneur. So as you raise your kid, in addition to sending them to all the private lessons with other ex-BYU athletes and making money off each other, by the time they're in college... Are you working on them and their entrepreneurial abilities in high school and college and letting them make money and get an early start? Yeah, that's what I would like to see. That's what I'm talking about. I can totally see that happening. Obviously, it won't happen for everybody, but clearly it's going to happen for somebody. The parent's already an entrepreneur, and they're saying, you're a big deal, you're a recruitable athlete, you probably got a famous name because we recognize the parent's name. That story happens over and over again. So you've already got a name to launch on. You build the social media following, and then whatever your thing is, whatever area you want to work on, you work on it and start building your own business and your own brand. And that it's not even somebody hiring you. It's just that now you're free to cash in on your own name and do your own thing, Mm -hmm. which isn't everybody, but it's somebody, and it won't necessarily be limited to football players. And, and yeah, you're. Right. I mean, you're a golfer. If you're a college golfer, you could be out giving golf lessons right now. Are players going to run camps and do training stuff? Train like a college athlete. Seems like however many ideas you want. Now, maybe you're running a t-shirt company. I don't know what you're doing. Whatever. I mean, it's entrepreneurship. And I, should I should I check Twitter and see if people are launching their own MLMs? I'm pretty sure they are. Well, there were Twitter. at least two uh, guys yesterday that are athletes in the college football realm who announced they're launching their own apparel businesses as part yeah. of this. So that's great. Yeah. So the entrepreneur can start earlier while yeah, they've got a. You're playing football, but you also can. Yeah. I just have my doubts. How many are going to be used in advertising? It does seem that like just when you got like what, such what was a the number Tom? level. Yeah, and because Tom threw out the number, was it six hundred and thirty-one scholarship athletes? Was that the number is that what they have yesterday? I, I don't know what it is. It's oh, in that realm. I don't yes. know. I, yeah. I, 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 I he said, said it. It's in the know. interview. You can go listen to twelve eighty thezone dot com. And actually, you ought, if you're a BYU fan, you ought to because he laid out a bunch of stuff we didn't know. Well, you're um, a fan of me. You should because I'm a great there's interviewer. That, there's that too. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but there's to your point. The, the noise as the 300th or 400th or 500th athlete starts endorsing whatever retail product, it just loses its impact. Right. Nobody right, can right. absorb 
631 different messages about 631 different businesses from 631 different scholarship athletes. And that's before you add UVU into the mix or the youth or anybody else in the state. Yeah. So that doesn't seem like much. And you're only going to do it for maybe a year anyway. Unless you're some uh, unbel- unless you're uh, Ty Jordan and you take the world so, by storm as a freshman. So everything's so every market is different, right? So now name, image, and likeness, and this would only probably be for the high end people. But like, are USC football players just going to end up in TV shows and in movies? I mean, USC's cranking out graduates into the entertainment industry. So from casting, Will Ferrell, from <laughs> Will Ferrell, from performers to casting directors to producers and directors. I mean, there's no limit to the links SC has in entertainment. Uh, that's absolutely true. And sure. They're going to be writing scenes. They're going to be writing football scenes into random shows. <laughs> so the quarterback can come throw a pass and get a payday. Good on them. It probably sucks for the rest of us in the conference. But good on them yeah. if if they have that ability and the star power to get that thing done. Sure, that'd be great for them. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. An entrepreneur in his own right. We'll run this past him. We'll get to that coming up. And we'll talk to him about jazz in the offseason. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Name, image, and likeness is now a thing in college sports. We've each filled out names of college figures and products to endorse. We mixed them all up, and then we're taking a cold out of a pile. Hi, I'm Lou Holtz, and I'm here to tell you about Lee's Snap-On Nails. Hi, I'm Johnny Manziel, and I'm here to talk to you about Skull Chewing Tobacco. <laughs> Hi, I'm Austin Colley, here for... The tsunami, the world's strongest in-home bidet. <laughs> the tsunami. Magic happens. <laughs> Magic happens. <laughs> we are so juvenile. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to talk with David David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David Locke joins us now. He's here every week. He's brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Let's talk college sports. This is so fascinating. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. It's a chance from I love it. Chance for entrepreneurs to go in any direction they want. <laughs> you are an entrepreneur with your podcast network. You set it up. You grew it. You did really well for yourself with it. What would you tell the twenty-year-old athlete? And as the parent of young athletes, what would you tell the fifteen-year-old? It's interesting. I I think telling the fifteen-year-old's the hardest, right? Because here I have. And, you know, I'm parenting a 16-year-old, and a lot of our conversations are all about social networks. And here you have the two Fresno State players that have got their TikTok following that suddenly go and, you know, get themselves a big deal. You've got the Jackson State volleyball player, got the Barstool deal. And unfortunately, none of, neither of these seem to be a great deal about their athletic prowess. It has to do with their being female and being attractive. So you're reconfirming all sorts of bad social image issues that happen to girls because of social networking 
and making it seem like social networking is more important. I actually, it's interesting you phrase it like that, though. The one downside I see on this is, is really what it does to the younger kids and blows up the importance of your social network following as being really important. We dealt with it with our son a tiny bit that he lost a ski sponsorship or two early on in his career because we didn't let him have social networks and he wasn't involved in them. And so he didn't have enough followers to qualify for various things that you can get in the ski world. Um, so I've kind of dealt with it a little bit and, you know, we just decided that that was the right, you know, parenting long-term is more important than getting cool jackets and cool stuff. Um, but it's hard. I think that's the hard one. Otherwise, I mean, I think the answer as an athlete is you, you, you take in these opportunities. The time consumption on it is, is a real issue. You better be careful about what you're doing and you better make sure you don't do anything to damage your brand for a long period of time. And I thought some of Don Staley's tweets about, you know, better have accountants and better have also, it's real. You're in business now at a young age. So, um, you know, I think, I think those things from an impact of a large, my question is what I think it does to the larger picture college football. And, and my theory is I think it, it evens out the top 20. I think it'll be really, I actually think it's going to be really good for the competitive balance of the game. Everyone's saying it's going to be bad. I actually go the other way, which is we don't really have competitive balance right now. We've got five or six teams that have a chance to win a national championship every year. I think that number could go to 20 right now. You know, there's 65 star recruits, 35 of them are going to Alabama and Clemson. You know, when someone offers a better deal now at those other places, I mean, not like they weren't getting paid already, but gets, you know, even more openly better deal, then I'm not sure that 35 of those 65 star recruits are all going to Alabama and Clemson anymore. Okay, but how is that going to happen when you say they're offered a better deal because they haven't been there yet and the school's not supposed to be involved? It's supposed to be something that you do on your own. So it seems like it would lead even to more corruption, and the corruption's already rampant, so I'm not sure how that is actually executed. Well, we can't have more corruption, PK. (laughs) Well, we can. We cannot have more corruption. (laughs) So now we can have open capitalism for athletes to be able to sell their name and likeness rather than the school being the only one that profits up. I mean, what's interesting is I heard yesterday, and I'm making a bunch of calls on it because, frankly, from a lockdown standpoint, it's important to us, and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. Like, I made a bunch of calls to people around college sports yesterday. I got a different answer on every single time I called. Like, and what I think is really interesting is while the universities are not supposed to be involved, I have heard that the players have to sign some sort of an agreement with the university that frees the university of any liability to these sponsorships. So, I, you know, the, the answer to your question is, I'm sure in the recruiting process, it'll be mentioned, hey, in our past quarterback had these um, endorsements and our past running back had these endorsements. It's not necessarily saying you're going to get them, but our past one did. Okay. So, I'm sure that that'll be taking place, and I think that'll be – I actually think that'll level the playing field. The other one I think's really cool is Patrick Kinahan, the huge baseball Arizona State baseball fan, hits it big, right? So you now have millions, PK, and you decide, you know what, I want to make sure that Arizona State is in the College World Series every year in a powerhouse. 
you probably could do that. Maybe baseball's too big, but if you really decide, like BYU women's bat- volleyball is pretty darn good, but let's say you want to make sure it's really good, and that's your passion is one of these Olympic sports, I think individual boosters and bringing together a collection of businesses that now endorse those athletes suddenly can take an individual program at a school as a passion project and turn it into something great. Is this going to be more a social media play, more a retail advertising play, or more an entrepreneurship play? How's this going to go in the long run? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's just an equation, right? I mean, I'm doing it. We're trying to figure out it locked on. Like, if are we allowed to go suddenly, who's the new BYU quarterback? Who's the new Zach Wilson? I don't know who's starting BYU quarterback. Uh, they, haven't, they haven't named one yet. It's Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, or uh, Jacob Conover. They're the three guys right. who are competing. So, like, Jay Katz on Locked On Cougars suddenly creates a deal with Baylor Romney to come on the show for X amount of dollars every week and becomes a regular on Locked On Cougars. So how many listeners does he bring in? What's the value of a listener to us? Is it worth it? Like, that's the equation I'm doing every day right now. Right. We discussed that with Tom Homo, that very thing. does If Jaron Hall wins the deal, does he have a, a deal with Channel 2? to give an exclusive interview after every game. And what did Tom Homo say? He acknowledged that it could happen. It's an interesting concept that the player can now be exclusive until the sports information director tells him he's got to do media and says, I can't do it. I'm getting paid by Channel 2. That, that's what we were discussing. We're going yeah. to areas and, that and could potentially happen. I've already I've already talked to a current sports information director who said, so when you walk in the locker room after a game and you tell the three to five players you're going to the podium, do the sixth and seventh players look at you and say, you're killing me. You're quieting my brand. I need to be out talking to the media. Yeah. And they acknowledged, yeah. they acknowledged yeah, we got to figure all that stuff out. And maybe they just take everybody to the podium now who's requested so they can tell the players, well, you weren't requested. Maybe it's a good day for the media and they'll suddenly realize they can't hide their players because their players want to be out. Possibly. Why should a player go to the podium anymore? Why shouldn't the player sit in, the locker, in his locker room and do an Instagram Live and hold his own press conference after the game? Well, and then get all the followers on his account. If you're if you're trying to get all the followers, you can. You would do both. Right. Hey, I'm doing an hour after every game. I'm doing Instagram Live. Take your questions, as fans, the media. Yep. Then you just have the media go to Instagram. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I mean, we already go to team websites and and to Zoom calls, and and you already see. Uh, if someone tweets out something that's newsworthy, everybody's running with it. It's embedded in stories. Sports Center's got graphics for it. NFL Network's got graphics for it. I mean, everybody's on it. Yep. It's almost like a team should say, you know what? We're just going to let the players do their own stuff. Go. We're no longer involved. Uh, and from that perspective, but then they, what we're seeing now and has been ongoing is schools are producing their own content. Um, you know, the, the interesting one is my understanding is that if you have a brand, if 
Channel 2 has any relationship with BYU, then you can't do that deal. Which is really wild. So you almost have to not have a deal with the university to be able to do the deal with the players. It's all to be figured out. Where is this going? It's kind of great. It's not kind of great. It's 100% great. Potentially. (laughs) Potentially, (laughs) right? You know what? Like, PK, it's the same way I feel about the transfer portal. Sure, it's not perfect, but what we had before was obscenely wrong. I agree with that. And I get that, but let's go right back to what you said earlier about the first deals are for female athletes and it's reinforcing body image issues, and that's not only critical for that person, for that, in some cases, kid, right? Because there'll be high school athletes uh, who could be exploited or depending on your point of view, benefiting themselves. But the message that gets spread to other kids, you know, the unintended consequences are huge. I've raised a daughter. You've raised a daughter. PK's raised a daughter. It doesn't impact just the one kid. Right, but that's not, I mean, 100%. I'm with you 100%. 100%. And David Portnoy is like, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars on exploiting women. Like, that's his deal. But that's been going on in society forever, and until society backs off, it's not the, that's not the fault of name, image, and likeness. That's the problem of the way we've treated women in our society for hundreds of years and continue to do so. And until, you know, someone decides to not support the people that are doing that, that's the issue. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's the unfortunate reality. You know, someone's got to decide they don't want to support Barstool. Because of what bars, if they're raising a daughter and they're supporting Barstool, I ask you to check yourself. All right, how about a little jazz content, David? Mary Connolly said something on Instagram if you want to just go with this whole theory. Like, All right, hey. what do you got? No, I mean, I'm joking, but oh, like okay. Mary Connolly <laughs> tweeted out an Instagram picture of them packing up from Utah. Like, well, of course, because they live in Columbus. But it, like, created, like, this firestorm. So I, like, I just was laughing more about, like, you know, the media all at Instagram oh, and us reacting. So Mary Conley must be Mike's wife. Yes. yes. Okay. Right. So we're going down We're going down the, the whole Gordon Hayward Celtic jersey, uh, whatever, uh, what holiday was that? Was it Halloween or? I don't remember. It was some holiday. Oh, it was St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day? It was St. Patrick's right. Day. Yeah. Accidentally yeah, I mean, breaking Clancy, the news. Mary Clancy is an Instagram influencer, so like she has, she's done name, image, and likeness for herself, and very good at it, frankly. I mean, that's actually on the simplest end of this conversation. Like whether an athlete goes in, like the idea that an athlete, the previous idea that an athlete could not be an influencer because they were playing sports, the fact that this guy couldn't do country music concerts because he was an athlete. It's just the most absurd thing in the world. So while this may not be perfect, there's nothing worse than what we have. I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. We're up for it. We're just acknowledging there's unintended consequences. We don't even know what they are. Right, we don't. They are so unintended. We we can't even predict right now. We're going to sit here six months or a year from now and go, wow, that turned into a deal. Didn't see that coming. Right. I don't think it's going to be as bad for competitive balance as everyone's making it sound. I, I agree with you on that. If for no other reason, then how much worse is competitive balance going to be? 
In football, so right. in football, right. there's six teams fighting for four playoff berths, and Alabama and Clemson are even among those six are cut above the other four. You know, Ohio State and Oklahoma are trying to get there. Notre Dame's trying to get there. But why is a five-star risk risk not being the guy? Why not go here and be the guy as right, opposed to being, you know, a backup or the fourth best defensive lineman and getting no run? We'll see. Right, 100%. Right. And, you, and, and you know, hey, USC and UCLA have already had every advantage they possibly could have had for the last 20 years, and they haven't profited off them, so why believe they're going to now? Like, if you're, if you're a poorly run athletic department, you're a poorly run athletic department. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna suddenly figure out how to do this if you can't figure out how to do everything else. Stanford will have an advantage. They'll, their kids will be getting paid in shares of Google, so and Amazon. So they already are. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, let's be honest about it. Stanford's athletes are getting fabulous jobs right out of college. Is that any different than what we're talking about right now? Like your summer internships are preset when you go to Stanford as an athlete. Uh, the difference being we live with that and we accept it because they've earned that right. Right. They went the hard way and they got it done. Right. So good for them. Right. All right. We need one jazz nugget for the jazz fan who tuned in for this and got a lot of college sports. Um, with, with the change, I'm curious, with the change now at the top of the organization, are we going to see a subtle or maybe not so subtle shift to the five out lineups and having those available for the minutes that Rudy Gobert is off the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of our focus is on, you know, what happened to us defensively, and it should be, frankly. Uh, but I think the story of the playoffs has been roster versatility. Though, frankly, Phoenix doesn't have a great deal of roster versatility. They have enough, though. They play Dario Sarge as their backup center, and if they had had to play him more than eight minutes a night, if Aiton hadn't been such a force, they could have. Um, most teams right now have – Atlanta has it, Milwaukee has it, Brooklyn has it, uh, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid so – prominent that they don't really have it, but I, but I think their backup center by, uh, well, their backup center should be Ben Simmons, but that's a different issue. Um, you know, they have roster versatility. You know, Golden State didn't have roster versatility. They couldn't go big. So, you know, in both directions, but I do think that what you'll probably see this year is a movement toward a little bit more roster versatility by the Jazz if they're able to do it. And so that means personnel change? Yeah, I mean, right now we really can only play one way, um, which is fine. Like, in that, you know, and I think that was Dennis's signature. Was And he even said it. Like, if you go back to – I asked Dennis and Justin in a press conference last year about whether or not they believe in wanting to play defensively in multiple different facets or if you're better off being able to play 48 minutes the same way. And I thought after drafting – Azubuke, I interpreted Dennis's answer as saying that he really believed in playing 48 minutes in a similar style the entire way, which if you look at our centers, they're all three of them are the exact same style of players. And so that led us to playing, you know, drop big defensively. We didn't have a lot of options to switch one through five. And offensively, you're playing a pick and roll Role game, not a pick and roll pop game. There wasn't a great deal of roster versatility. And, and my understanding 
from that question that I asked Dennis at the press conference, and I apologize to him if I'm misinterpreting what he said, was that that was by design. Now, maybe I misunderstood, so i got to be careful, and it was six months ago. Um, but that was my understanding at the time, was that that was by design. It made sense to be by design. But as the year has evolved, I think what we're seeing is more roster versatility from teams. And so if the Jazz can do it, I think they'll try to create more roster versatility. And how do you think they go about that then? I don't know. Me either. Veteran exception, draft pick seem to be the two obvious. I mean, we, there aren't a lot, like, we, we, that's probably the issue that has to be confronted the most by the fan base and ourselves is that there just are not that many levers to pull right now. So even ignoring the luxury tax impact if you if you sign someone and Ryan and Ashley Smith have shown the willingness to do that impressive you know, which I find, you know, I guess it's impressive. I, I'm never sure what I think about luxury tax. Like from a financial standpoint, it's so prohibitive I have a hard time calling it impressive. Right? It's a, it's a commitment. Let's just call it that. Like it's a clear commitment. Um the but because you're in the luxury tax, you don't have the mid level exception. So when you go out to the free agent market, you don't actually have full mid-level. You only have taxpayer mid-level, which is a smaller number, which makes it really hard to sign kind of a mid-level free agent because everybody else who's not in the tax can give that mid-level free agent more money. So that kind of takes a playoff. We can't trade a draft pick until after the draft. We could draft the player and then trade the player once we acquire it, but we can't trade a future any future draft picks until Memphis exercises the pick that we did in the Mike Conley deal. So that lever's off the table. Then, you know, then frankly, because you're in the tax, you have less margin by which you can make trades in what your window is of matching those salaries. So that's off the table. So now the moves that are on the table are a late first-round draft pick, which is pretty unlikely to contribute for a really, really good team, and and then minimum veteran salaries, which have – turned out to be very prosperous for teams, but we've got to prove we can go get them. You know, the Reggie Jacksons of the world that were on the scrap heap that they went and got for the minimum. The, you know, some other, Brooke Lopez, frankly, coming out of L.A. was about as low level a contract as you could get. That was a great move by Milwaukee two years ago. They've made him since. And then the last piece of the puzzle is trading your play, current players. Like, as much as we love Boyan, Joe, Jordan, Mike, all these guys, and it would be negligent not to. You've got to run around the league and find out. And, like, like I'll throw one at you and tell me what you think. Like, at first it sounds terrible. Joe Ingles for Larry Nance Jr. No. <laughs> Jacking up our radio show. show, dude. Right. But, like, so I think Joe was unbelievable this year. I would have voted him for sixth man of the year. I thought he was as important to anything we had. His three-point shooting – and what he did was one of the large reasons why we were successful. I think it's the most undervalued thing. I, there's not an ounce of me that has any part of believing that Joe Ingles is fabulous for us last year. Third ball handler in the pick and roll. Best spot-up shooter in the league. Best shooter in the league over the, last, in the first eight seconds of the shot clock over the last four years. Like, I'm not lost on Joe Ingles' value. Yeah, but, but he acknowledges he acknowledges to this in an interview about finishing his career. He says you want to, but it's a business and you know how it works. I mean, right. he knows. Nance, he said it. Larry Nance Jr. lets us have roster versatility. 
I don't know if that's the right answer. I just found a number that a contract that matches. Sure. Right. So Larry Nance Jr. You'd have to find a way to you know do some other things with your roster. But Larry Nance Jr. probably can play the five. He in a really interesting interview this year. I actually have to be listening to Locked On Cavs talking about I can do it for 12, 14 minutes a night. I can't do it for thirty. Well, okay, that's all we need it for. He can shoot the three well enough that he can play the four. He can switch one through five defensively. Like, he gives us a totally different look to who we are as a team. Is that worth it? I, I, I'm not – that's above my pay grade. But that conversation should be taking place inside the Jazz front office, and it certainly is. David, we appreciate the time and all the random ideas for name, image, and likeness and a little bit of NBA along the way. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. You wanted a little nugget. That was a pretty big gold nugget right there. We are like 49ers on the gold trail with that one. That would be a great little conversation for you. And we'll do you that. You wanted a little nugget. And we'll do that next. Stay with us. Thanks, David. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz, but the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought no. to you part by Syringa Networks, working from home or with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. No, no, no. What? Trade in Joe. I know, I know right? Don't screw up our radio show. It doesn't have to do with the radio show. To me... What? Does too. I said exclusively. Okay. It's certain, certainly our best interest are to have Joe remain with the club. <laughs> Let's admit our bias here, people. Yeah, there's no question. And I think the fans want it, too. They want to hear him. Yeah. But I would consider starting Joe at point guard. Because his numbers as a starter are just way better. Yeah. So he can come really close, if not matching, what Mike gives you. And he obviously has more durability. And he also would solve your problem of having the smallest backcourt in the NBA. But the bench has been a problem. I know. So I you know. better upgrade the bench. So but if Mike, one for if Mike goes somewhere yeah, else and, and, and says, did, hey, I got a chance to win a title here. I don't care about the money. Because the Jazz are going to be able to offer him the most money. Or if Ryan just says, hey, the luxury tax penalties are too much. We're not doing this. Which I don't blame him. Right. Either of those things can happen. But then Joe becomes the answer for Mike. But what becomes the answer for Joe? Right. All right. Exactly. But any of these acquisitions, the thing that'll happen, and we've done this enough, we know this will happen. People say, well, look at our numbers, look what they did here. But the key part of the equation here is the basketball people who project, trusting them to not look at, as you trade for a guy, what he's been, but what he can be and how quickly he can become. Because the best deals the Jazz have ever made, there's been this huge upside that we haven't been aware of. We don't really have any way of being aware of it. And you got to trust them that they've identified this big upside. And you can go way back to a Brian Russell or a Raja Bell in another decade, uh, Paul Millsap a decade ago. When they identify guys, not just what they've been, but the upside of what they become. 
Look, Joe Ingles, the upside of what he became. We had no idea, even when we watched him play, even when he evolved into, well, he's okay if he's the fourth guy in the rotation as a wing player. No, 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 no. He's okay if he's the third guy. But now you identify, why not start the guy? If Conley leaves, are they really going to ask somebody better than that? Now it's a hit for the bench. Well, they got to upgrade the bench either way. That's a true story. They got work to do, as yeah. most teams do. Right. Well, the team that won the championship last year went to work on their roster. I mean, the Lakers didn't stand pat. No. Not by any stretch. Everybody has work to do, yeah. Yeah. I, I just think Joe is more of a glue guy than Conley is. I would consider keeping him above Mike. Because I don't think Joe is nearly as effective coming off the bench as he is as a starter. DJ and PK, when we come back, college football recruiting with Greg Biggins, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. He's at the Elite 11 Finals. The Utes line in a couple California quarterbacks. Are they getting to a new tier of player? We will get to that next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Greg Biggins joins us now, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. He's on the Smart Rain guest line, and it's no secret Utah's in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Greg, good morning. Good morning. We have many questions. Hey, you, you caught me in, caught me in mid bite of my apple breakfast right now. How are you guys? <laughs> you guys doing good? Yeah, we're doing all right. I think the question is: Are the Utes not doing all right? But are they doing better than they were? Before we get into the specifics, big picture, especially at the quarterback slot, do you feel like Utah's breaking through to a new level in recruiting? I do like their their quarterback room a lot. Obviously, I've uh, seen Nate Johnson the last couple of days. I'm actually driving there right now to see a uh, day three of the Elite Eleven, and I, I, I like him. I think he's got some unique qualities. Is he a little bit on the raw side? Yes. Will he probably need a red shirt and maybe another year? Um, I do think so. But I mean, he's got some gifts for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's an undersized kid at about five eleven, six feet, but got a really live arm and obviously he's an elite athlete legit 10 4 900 meters which is fast if you're a wide receiver more or less a quarterback right so i think uh give him some time i think he's got a chance to be really good he's looked good the first two days of this uh, elite 11 final so far this week yeah you've got uh, kyle whittingham really loves the mobile quarterbacks in large part because he believes those are the most difficult to defend and you've already said this kid's got elite athletic ability, but at the same time, the thing that's held them back is the ability to get the ball down the field. Uh, based on what you know of these two kids, Rose and uh, Johnson here, do they have that ability? You know, they're, they're really they're different quarterbacks. It's, it's interesting. You wouldn't think the same school would recruit those two guys because of how radically different. You know, Brandon's the more pure pocket guy, and he's got some mobility as well. He's not a statue by any stretch. I wouldn't recruit a statue. So Brandon's got some functional athleticism. He, he can take off and run. He's uh, he's comfortable. He, I think he does a good job making that first guy miss. He can extend play, but he's your pocket guy. I mean, he is third and eight. You, you want to? You need a big first down completion. I think Brandon can do that for you. Uh, Nate, I, and I'm not saying he can't make that third down and eight throw. He might actually have a little bit more live arm than Brandon right now, but I think what he excels in is if you want to do some design rollouts, maybe some zone read. I mean, he's going to be the fastest guy in the field in a lot of games, so he can take off. But I think what we're seeing, not just this week, but when I saw him a few weeks ago at the Elite 11 Regional where he got the invite to come to the final, I've seen huge strides. I know his quarterback coach, Greg Pinelli, really well. And I'd say in the last year, 
Uh, you're seeing better feet, uh, just more on balance. The ball placement is really good. The release is tighter. I mean, he's made some huge strides in just about a six-month period. So I just imagine how he's going to look in about a year and a half to two years. Uh, I like his upside a lot. And like you said with Brandon, I think Brandon is a pure thrower. Um, with some, like I said, with some functional athleticism as well. So between those two guys, uh, I'd be surprised if, if I, not at least one, if maybe both, but at least one of them was going to be a hit. So Elite 11, it's definitely a label that every quarterback wants, but PK went and added it up a few years ago for a story he did, and about 50% of the Elite 11 kids end up transferring, so a.k.a. they failed at their initial school. Are they getting any better at identifying the elite quarterbacks, or it's still different when you're getting chased by big guys in 11-11 games, so no 7-on-7 and no camp can really tell us how good you are? Yeah, I mean, I would would not be so quick to say a transfer is a sale. I mean, you look at Cal Murray's first overall pick, right? Joe Burrow transferred, first overall pick. Um... Baker Mayfield transferred first overall pick. I'll give you. I'll give you. A, I'll give you right. at that level, but at the level the Utes are dealing at. Say again. I'll give you at that level, right? It's a kid going from Ohio State to LSU, or you know Georgia to Ohio State, or something. Yes, at that level, I think you're right. But at the level the Utes have been at, I don't think that's been true. Sure. I mean, if you're if you're breaking it down to the you know to the Utes specifically, my my point was. You know, this day and age, and I'm seeing it in some of the California high schools quite a bit. It's, it's. Uh, I wish I had a nicer way of saying it, but it's just we live in that you know world where if you're a sophomore high school quarterback and you're not starting, you're out of there already. And I'm not. It just it's it's unfortunate. I think there's not a whole lot of guys that just want to grind and, and wait their turn. So that that's just the market. So when it comes to transfer quarterbacks. If you bring in two in the same class, I would—I don't know what the percentage is. If you did the math on this, I would love to know about it, but I bet it's extremely high. If you bring in two guys in one class, I would bet it's almost 75 80% one of those guys is going to leave. And if you bring in two guys and, and one of them beats out a current guy that's an underclassman on that, on that roster, I bet he's out of there too. So it's... I think you got to be not just strategic in recruiting a kid who's got talent, but I think character and makeup and, and wanting a guy who's going to be content. And you want a competitor, obviously, right? But you have to want a guy who is going to be content with maybe waiting a year or two and who's kind of got a little a little grit, a little toughness to him to where the point where he's not going to leave at the first sign of somebody else maybe, you know, I'm not going to name a name. You guys probably all know when the lead them quarterback a few years ago, right, who had a, a ton of hype coming in, and he was out of there before fall camp rolled around. So I think you got to be really careful when you recruit a quarterback, not just for talent, but you got to look at the whole body of work and the whole package there. It was a recent ruling as far as being able to make money for the college kids. Have you already heard some discussion of what it might mean for recruiting from the high school level? Yeah, yeah. No, that's been all the rage this week. And obviously there's been, you know, there's four college counselors out here, uh, including, you know, Spencer Rattler, um, Sam Howell, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. So three, three pretty, fairly big-name quarterbacks. And, and that's all that everybody's been asking them about. And so, you know, just talking to them, and they're kind of saying it's, it's, it's kind of insane how much they're having thrown at them right now. And I, I think – you got to be really, really wary of who you say yes to. Don't just say yes to anyone. And these guys are all super cool, and they're like, you know what, we're, we're not going to rush in. We want to do stuff that's going to help our teammates, too. We're high profile, but, you know, my right guard, you know, I, I want him to be involved. And so 
yeah, they're already having a, a ton. And when it comes to recruiting, it's definitely, I mean, when USC is recruiting right now, I talk to a kid and I ask, hey, how was your USC visit? I mean, that's half their, their conversation is, yeah, they talk to me about NIL for, for half the conversation about what you can do if you're in a big market like L.A. You can only imagine, you know, if you're Alabama or Ohio State, who, you know, those schools kind of lead the nation and comes to jersey sales and, and what they could do to market those kids. It's a huge part of the recruiting process. You're talking about, you know, not even talking about graduation rates anymore. It's always been about NFL. Now it's like after saying, hey, we'll develop you, get you, get you to the NFL, probably the next topic is going to be NIL. So do you believe the people who say this is going to spread out the talent that has been congregating at Alabama and the top you know, four, five, six schools, and then now we're going to have – you know, in two to three years, as the talent spreads out, we'll have 12 to 15 to 20 legitimate national title contenders. I mean, it, that, that's, that's, the, that's the best case scenario, right? I, I personally just don't see it. I think it's, I think it's a case of the rich getting richer. Now, I, I do think, you know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help some schools recruit better. But the reality is, I think the best schools are still going to recruit the best players. That's how it's always going to be. You're still going to see, probably when it comes to recruiting rankings, the same top four or five schools. You're still going to see Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson's going to be up there. Um, you know, LSU's going to be up there. And you're still going to see that because those schools can, when it comes to NIL, those schools can still, you know, offer the most to that kid because those schools have the, the biggest fan bases They're on the TV the most, and uh, they can generate the, the most marketability. So, yeah, the hope, the hope is it will help out, maybe even the level playing field just a little bit. But I, I don't know if it's going to suddenly make a team that you know was a perennial top fifteen now a top fourteen. I don't see that happening at all. We're wondering, in a, particularly in a place like Salt Lake in Utah, it's a smaller community, and the high school football gets covered a lot. A lot of the games are on uh, television. The playoffs are on television. So these kids can build a brand for themselves literally at 15 and 16. So we're wondering, since they've already established their name in a community, would that maybe help them to think as far as staying local? Because there's been a number of high-profile players who have gone to Oregon, Stanford, SC, that have left our state here. So do you think that that would have an impact? They establish themselves as a teen, a young teen, and then they can continue it and be able to literally cash in in college if they stay local because they'll already have name recognition. Sure. No, I, I, think, I think that's a great point, and I think that definitely can happen. And again, it becomes... It's going to become, you know, can you show me that by staying local and playing and Europe? Well, we were hoping Greg Biggins was just going through a little down zone there, and he popped back in. Can they can they make me more money than if I were to transfer to to a school like like USC? Can can me staying local? And going to Utah, can that help me more than, you know, going to maybe a, a school that, you know, isn't a bigger market? And so I think, obviously, if you're Utah, yeah, you, you definitely want to identify those kids early. And you hope that, you know, NIL evens out the playing field. But, again, I think it's just going to come to, you know, when you're recruiting, you're going to have to show these kids, okay, these kids came here, this is how much they made here. And, again, that sounds crazy to say, but that's kind of where we're at right now. We're recruiting against USC and Oregon and UCLA, even, even Stanford in Silicon Valley. Can you show them that it's worth it financially to stay versus going over there where there might be your markets? 
I get that schools aren't supposed to be brokering these deals. I also get that schools almost can't afford not to be brokering these deals, or at least talking to people and setting up so that those boosters can go over there, one block off of campus, legal by the letter of the law, and then broker the deals from there. It seems like that's the new gray area we're going to hear about NCAA violations in. And it seems to me inevitable that that can't really be policed, and it's always going to be a gray area. And it's a little scary for me. And, and again, I've been doing this for 25 plus years. And so I'm not going to be, I, none of us are naive, right? You know, the way schools do things in the Pac-12 versus the way they do things in other conferences, again, not even names, maybe a little closer, you know, in the South, it's, it's a different level playing field. And so now we're dealing with, you know, potential boosters getting involved. And it, it, I, I think it could definitely open up a, a Pandora's box and like you mentioned it's going to be a very hard to police and I'm kind of fascinated to see you know these first five years I'm fascinated to see exactly how this goes so as far as being able to have a track record of come here because this player at your position made this amount of money this is something that the colleges are going to need a couple years to be able to provide evidence is that what you're saying I, I believe so you know and right now I'm seeing on Twitter all these all these players just you know, tweeting out all these dollar signs and act like they're going to cash in immediately. And these are these are guys who haven't even haven't even played it down yet. You know, and it, like unless you unless you play and play well and you have an actual name, this isn't going to help every guy on your team. It's only going to help, I think, the select few that are pretty elite. So, um, like I said, it, right now when you're recruiting, you know, if I'm a coach and you sit in a kid's living room, you know, you're literally showing them your graduation rate, how many players you've gotten drafted over the last you know, four or five years at his position. You're showing them, you know, your winning percentage, all those kind of things. It, it's, I think it's only a matter of time, you know, five years where you're saying, okay, at your position, the last three guys we brought in at, at running back made this much money off their NIL image, right? you know, right now. This is what you could do. That's going to be a big part of the sales pitch, I believe, in you know, the next four or five years, if not sooner. So if you're at an Elite 11 and you have a chance to uh, talk to coaches who recruit and all that, how pumped up are they about this? Because what they say off camera, what they say away from a microphone can be really different. How pumped up are they by this? How much are they horrified of this? How much are they kind of accepting that it's coming and it's going to change everything and they're not even sure what it's going to look like in five years? What do they say privately? Are you talking about the how coaches. pumped up are the kids? No, the coaches. the coaches. Yeah, yeah coaches. no, I think the coaches, they, I think they're very wary. I, on one hand, I think some of the schools, you know, I will keep it out west in the, in the Pac-12, I think, you know, they're hoping that this levels the playing field. Um, I, again, not being naive, I think they feel like, you know, some schools are, are able to do things that we might consider, you know, a little shadier out here. So I think they're, they're hoping that this levels it out, but I think they, they're also concerned that, shoot, this isn't really going to change a whole lot because schools that are already doing some stuff are going to continue to do that on a different level now. Now it's almost legalized, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I, I think coaches are, are, you know, I don't know if I use the word happy. I think they're happy that their kids, that they're recruiting or, or getting something, um, which, let's be honest, you know, talking to Sam Howell yesterday, he was like, you know what, we're already getting stipends that are taking care of a whole lot. So it's not like, and again, I'm not trying to sound like that kid off my lawn guy, but the kids, you know, they're actually doing okay. Um, but I think the coaches feel like, hey, if, if they have a jersey that's going to sell, given the money, that's great. But again, like I said, I think they're also concerned that, uh, you know, if, if there's a have and a have not, it's just gonna, that gap is still going to be there. How much has recruiting been affected at the high school level by the transfer portal? 
Um, I can't understate it enough. It's huge. It's huge. You know, and I've talked to so many college coaches in the last, I would say, eight to nine months, um, maybe a little bit longer. And, you know, in years past, you know, you get, let's just say, a nice number, 25 scholarships. Those last five always went to maybe your borderline high school kid, um, you know, a guy you think has some upside, not there yet. Now those last four or five spots are going to go to transfer portal kids. And, and the reason is simple. You know, with a high school kid, there's, there's some risk there. You don't know what you're getting necessarily. When you go to the portal, uh, you're getting a guy – now, there's always risk, right? But you're getting a guy who maybe is already battle-tested, maybe he's played one or two years of college ball, and maybe it's just a depth chart issue where he, he got buried a little bit. Maybe he's homesick. Um, maybe he, again, just didn't click. This new coaching staff came in, and he doesn't fit that system. So uh, you're seeing, like, at, at Oregon State, I could conceivably see, and they did it this past year, you could give out almost half your class, maybe eight to nine kids to, to portal kids. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of schools, you know, keep those last five, six, seven spots that normally would go to, to a high school player. And, and so it, it's a trickle-down effect. This past year, you know, the, the numbers that signed at a high school were way, way down. It's affecting the JUCOs. You might see, you know, more kids go that route. And honestly, there's a risk going into the portal, first off, obviously, right? You might go there and you think you're going to have the same options you had in high school, and you don't. Now, all of a sudden, you know, you might get stuck in that portal. But if you're a coach, recruiting-wise, that portal right now is a lot more attractive than it is, you know, going on that, that high school kid who, who's a bigger risk than maybe the kid who's already played a couple years of college ball. Greg, we appreciate a few minutes. We're sorry we took you away from your breakfast apple. <laughs> It's all good. Good talking to you guys. And uh, like I said, apologize for the breaking in and out. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is. L.A. traffic. We'll, we'll yeah. blame it on that. But, no, always good talking to you guys. Well, good job with the website. I click on it to the point that PKNL calls me out for clicking on it to check, you know, Utah high school football rankings. You're looking at 24-7 again, aren't you? So you, you must be doing something love right. It. I love go. it. Thanks, guys. All Have right, thanks, Greg. One. Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports. Headed to the Elite 11 final. So the regionals, that's a way to get more kids into Elite 11 camps. Spread the brand a little more. Am I being too cynical here? No. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Why, not, why wouldn't you? Right. All right, DJ and PK. Plus, I guess you get to see the kids in that environment, and then you make sure you invite the right kids, plus you spread the brand along the way. So if it helps you analyze and invite the, the right ones to the bigger camps. Hey, hey they're a business, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We've covered a lot of ground. If you missed it, we'll get you up to speed next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Name, image, and likeness is now a thing in college sports. We've each filled out names of college figures and products to endorse. We mixed them all up, and then we're taking a cold out of a pile. Hi, I'm Lou Holtz, and I'm here to tell you about... Lee's Snap-On Nails. Hi, I'm Johnny Manziel, and I'm here to talk to you about Skull Chewing Tobacco. (laughs) Hi, I'm Austin Colley, here for the Tsunami, the world's strongest in-home bidet. (laughs) (laughs) Tsunami. Magic happens. (laughs) Magic happens. (laughs) We are so juvenile. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7, presented by Big O' Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, in the Zone Sports Network. Network. We're going to play more complimentary football from defense to offense to special teams, um, and then we're going to be we're going to have a healthy team. We've all approached the off season, we've approached this the season the right way. That we're just excited. We're excited to hopefully we can stay healthy, we can get good fortune on that end, um, and then we can just put everything we've worked hard for together. We're excited for this year. It's going to be very very special for uh, for us and for Cowboy fans. That sounds like college. 
but it's pros. That's Dak Prescott. And we're going to get him down, and we're going to get him down. We're going we're gonna to be able to handle him. We're going to win one for the giver. <laughs> Personally, I got him at 10-7 and seven going out in the wild card round to the playoffs. But he's in the middle uh, of it. Yeah, but who's He's got better hopes. Who's dominant in that division? Nobody's dominant in that division. So you could have five, six wins right there. Yes. I said 10 wins. I'll give them 10 wins. Yeah, but if they go 5-1, and 6-0 and zero in the division, they're getting more than 10. I'd have to check the crossover. I'm not that deep into it. You're right. But you're right. It could well be. Maybe their schedule is that soft. I don't know if they're hitting easy or hard divisions with the rest of their schedule. Well, Prescott, he's an interesting case. He's getting paid big money. Now, he unfortunately had that injury, obviously. So he's got to get past that. And how good can he be? Can he be elite? They got a lot of receiver weapons. Uh, how, I guess I guess the question I'd say right away is, is how elite? He elite, is absolutely elite, elite. of the... Um, He's good, but can he be elite? Yeah, okay. So when you say good, you're talking uh, Alex Smith, Phillip Rivers, guy who's more likely to be in the playoffs than not. I wouldn't put him at Phillip Rivers' level yet. Really? Phil Rivers only played in one conference title game. And when you say when you uh, say elite, I think he was still pretty good. When you say elite, Breeze, Rodgers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, who aren't Brady. Nobody's no, Brady. Is he going to be at that level? Right. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. But that's a Super Bowl quarterback and conference title games a lot. How often did you play an NFC title game and not have either Breeze or Rodgers in there? Can he be at that level? And I, right. I can't just go Super Bowl and put it completely. Well, that's on what the, it comes down to. On the quarterback, I, think that I and I get that absolutely. But like Prescott is going to make big plays. He's going to be exciting. He's going to roll up stats. I'm a hundred percent all in on him doing all that stuff. So really, it comes down to winning the biggest games, winning the playoff games. And yeah, to the no, Philip Rivers thing, that's the only place he fell down. I think he's probably a little sub five hundred. Rich Gannon got to the Super Bowl. Brad Johnson, right, got one to time, and that's why I'm saying, only, how many times do you do? How it? many times did Drew Brees get there? He won one. Yeah, <laughs> he and Rodgers. Yeah, and he's won one. But that's why I'm saying conference title games. Like you're elite. You're there. You're in the conference title game. And Rich Gannon got there. Brad Johnson got there. But not a lot. Brad Johnson didn't get there a lot. Rodgers has played in, I don't know, five well, or Jim six Kelly NFC title takes games. takes crap for going 0-4 in the Super Bowl, and now you're going to... Why doesn't he get praised for getting them? Because if he got to the Super Bowl, then you well, obviously he does. got to the conference game. I think he does get praised for it. I think he it. takes but crap he, for being 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, he does. I'd rather have my guy, instead of being 2-for-2, two two, I'd rather have him be 2-for-9. Oh, wait, that's basketball. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> I was kind of scratching my head at that, but what do I know? Well, the NFL always looking for big games right out of the gate, and Prescott will be healthy, and the Cowboys no, will open up on a Thursday night against it, Tampa it, Bay, and it's away we'll go. Just about every game is a big game. Yeah, but I think I think game. a Thursday night game with the Super Bowl champs That's and Tom more Brady. Sizzle, I understand that, yeah. but they could be playing Jacksonville. And we'd all be <laughs> fired up with uh, Lawrence and Urban. This is the NFL. They can't miss. They got to go out of their way to screw it up. So a little bit on Dak Prescott there this morning. Uh, Urban Meyer getting himself fine, playing fast and loose with the rules. Who would have guessed? What rules? Uh, how much contact there can be at OTAs? Hey, 
You want to learn how to play winning football or not? Line up. <laughs> Jaguars get fined two hundred grand. Urban personally gets fined an additional one hundred grand. Uh, the Niners and the Cowboys also got hit, but not quite as bad. A hundred grand for the team and fifty grand for the. Coach. He had no knowledge of this. Yeah, <laughs> he had total knowledge of this. <laughs> Shut up. It's Urban. Where's there a rule I can break? I mean, Shelley had him occupied. He was doing something. Bucks are up three games to two. Ride the starters, ride them hard. Most of them came up big. They scored a ton of points, and they uh, outscored the Hawks 123-112. No Giannis, no Trey. Big stars out on each team. Cancel each other out. Go over the sideline. gone. Yeah, will Yanni be able to play in the finals? That gives him a week. If he's got no structural damage, the swelling ought to be down. So I'd guess yes, but that's a guess. And will Phoenix fans be counting to 10? <laughs> Probably. That's just fun. That doesn't mean anything. It's just something well, Atlanta, to do. man, they went too fast, though. One, two, three, four. I mean, come it's, on. It's been going on forever. That's not new. But at least Seattle in Seattle, fans, when they did it to letter carry, it yeah. was, it, the, the tempo and pace was much better. They were NBA veterans. Atlanta was too fast. They haven't been to the conference finals enough. So too hyped you're up. not going to be able to get the violation. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Okay. I played CYO basketball. As a kid, that's Catholic youth organization, and uh, I got fouled, and I, I was I took most of the shots on the team. Had a kid who coached uh, the team, uh, somebody. Jim okay. before not Jim your dad. Got it. My father came aboard when the guy had to miss some games, mm. but he always would take me out. He said, "You score too many." <laughs> <laughs> Bugged me, and uh, uh, so so it turns out you did play the game. I one time they they were cheerleading the the other teams cheerleaders were cheerleading against me and I did not know the rule and I got fouled and I thought oh I'm gonna wait him out and I kept dribbling 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 they finally called a violation because <laughs> you didn't know the rule I did not I'm in the eighth grade and I kept dribbling I thought oh I'm just gonna see how long those cheerleaders can go <laughs> <laughs> just messing with people even then couldn't help yourself were you in Arizona or. Or uh, Jersey. Jersey. That was last year in Jersey? Yeah, yeah. Well, literally. Yeah, I spent all eight years of uh, schooling there and then moved to Arizona in time for the ninth grade, which was a traumatic experience that I still haven't gotten over. Culture shock! They didn't really accept me all that well. (laughs) (laughs) Took about six years into my high school career before they... uh, What, huh? They did. uh, But yeah, so I remember, I I did not know the rule. I thought, I'm just going to wait them out. And I just kept dribbling and dribbling and dribbling. Name, image, and likeness has been a topic. Specific examples. How can players make money? And uh, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of MLMs, a lot of that. But a lot of it came down to advertising. And you were, you were demanding that we move beyond that. Well, what else can be done? So the two things I came up with were, well, three things. One is entrepreneurship. If you're an entrepreneur, and we've often joked about the ex-BYU athlete who moves to Highlander Alpine and becomes an entrepreneur. And, but then if you're going to move your kids in that direction, well, now that's all, that's all doable. And if your kid's a college athlete, maybe that helps move things along and you get a little more exposure. Yeah, if you graduate from BYU and you get an accounting degree and become an accountant, I feel sorry for you. Who are you? We don't you're even know. you supposed to be an entrepreneur. But somebody should write a feature on that story. It's so unusual. The Start your own find business. That, find that uh, interesting. Can college, we, we've seen the ex-college athletes become the kind of the personal trainer. Can the current college athlete do that or a skills camp? 
college basketball players putting on camps and cashing in. You got to be good. You got to have enough of a name. Well, what I would like to see is that they get paid for participating in the camps that the school or coach are putting on. Yeah, but the co- but see the the schools can't pay them, so I don't know if that's legit. I understand that. Right. But that would be a natural if there were no rules, that would be an absolute natural. They spend a lot of time there in the summer mm-hmm. doing those types of things. Right. And they're basically providing a service for which they're not getting any mm-hmm. money. Well, maybe Zach Wilson needs to be brought back now. Maybe Kalani can work on that. What do you mean? To work the camps. Now he's a pro. Well, that he would didn't be need tough. that. No, he doesn't. I'm talking about I'm talking about for the kids on the in, team in the team right now. So yeah. the way that rule is currently set up under the current NIL stuff is these players can have the camps, they can go and have it. So for example, let's say Jaron Hall blows up. They can have Jaron Hall's football skills camp, but it cannot be hosted at BYU. Right. It has to be hosted at another school and it cannot use the BYU name, image, or logo. And that's to PK's point about the local kids will have an advantage. There. Yeah, they will. Because Absolutely. if you're a fill in the blank, Tim View, Lone Peak, whatever, Lehigh kid, you just go back to your old high school yeah. and the coach will hook you up and Britain Covey up here at Because the high school coaches are recruiting, so they'll look at that as an advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, Corner Canyon, buddy. <laughs> Corner Canyon. Who's transferring in this year? He had a good recruiting well, class. We talked about it yesterday. A kid a, from California. There's a kid from Cal- There's actually multiple transfers. Although I understand, Brighton guy comes up to me at the gym <laughs> yesterday. Hey, if I get you some Brighton football shirts, will you wear them? Yeah. Name, image, and likeness radio. Way to go, PK. <laughs> I didn't think of it. Yeah. Uh, you need to talk to my lawyer here. But yeah, sure, <laughs> I'll wear them. Talk to your wife. She'll run the business end of this. <laughs> she- and I had a Corner Canyon shirt on that I don't, I'm not sure he noticed. <laughs> really? He's up there talking about Brighton and he didn't notice the Corner Canyon gear? Well, he knows I live in the area. Yeah. And he knows me through people who know me and all. Cause yeah. You live across the street from the Templetons. Or you live by the Templetons. Yeah, right across the street. Uh, so uh, he wants to give me some shirts. I said, sure. And the reason why I brought that up is because he told me they've got a transfer quarterback coming in from California. Wow. Look at him go. All over now. A 10th grader. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know that he... Just a sophomore coming in. Yeah, I don't know that he came in, I got to play there. I think it might just be... I have no no idea what the background is. But it might just be a move story. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so... I'm not sure. But the, the guy did tell me, so... We'll watch that. Because so, he said he has a cannon arm. So, so for uh, entrepreneurs, uh, for the advertising thing, but beyond that, for the entrepreneurs, and then some schools, you know, boosters, you get a school like USC with people all over the entertainment industry. Are we going to see uh, cameos for uh, popular USC players? Uh, if they're SC, yeah, probably porn films. Movies, TV shows. Adult movies that, you know, we won't watch. Wow. Because they're SC. <laughs> And they're all a bunch of bleeps. Yeah, I mean, the SC. Come on. All right, well, we'll see where this goes. We just had on Greg Biggins, National Recruiting Analyst for 24-7 Sports, and he said that uh, he doesn't think it's going to spread the top athletes out that much. That's optimistic. I agree, man. I'm so curious to see what's going to happen. So is a buddy of ours who wants to talk about it. Hans Olsen joining us now because he can't wait 18 minutes. Good. <laughs> Hans, good morning. Well, I heard you guys talking about the camp, and back in the day, and I don't know if it was as, as recent as when I was there, late 2000s, but or early 2000s, 
they used to pay us, you know, like it was it was just pennies. And we would stick around and we'd get free food and then every every dollar was sanctioned and restricted and, and everything had to go through the NCAA for them to pay us to work those camps. So the thought I had, and I, I heard Jake mention you can't use the BYU image or, or logo, but you guys remember back in our early radio days when BYU was so strict we couldn't even play their their fight song. Yeah, um, We just called it the Cougar pre and post. So I was thinking if it was the Cougar defensive line camp <laughs> and, you know, you get four, five defensive line. I was saying this yesterday. I'd put rock in it tomorrow. And you make it a you, you do three three day camps, make it two hundred eighty dollars per kid, do two three hour sessions for the two days. I'd pay two hundred eighty bucks. Let's say you give fifty kids, you split that amongst five or six guys that are working the camps. You know that that's big time. That's not a school taking a chunk. You're using the Cougar. You know you can use the the Cougar name. You've got all the defensive line, and, and you would want to include if you've got, obviously, Mika Tafua or Max Tupai or Devin Kafusi, some of these local guys. But you could do the same for the wide receivers. I, I think that there's a lot of money to be made on these uh, off, you know, off-season Well, okay, so I, I see where you're going. My only question is why are you blathering about this on the radio? Because you've got the know-how to do this. You've got the connections to do it. The players, are they going to be able to figure all this out, set it up, and have the time to do it? You just go to them and say, this is when I'm running the D-line camp. Here's what I'll pay you. You be there. You could bring in Utes and Cougars and just cash in like crazy. (laughs) But there needs to be someone to organize the camps. That's you, Hans. Uh, well, it, <laughs> why, why aren't you planning this for next summer? Uh, I don't want anything to do with it, man. I, I can't stand kids. <laughs> you don't have to. You're above it all. You're the ideal money no, guy. No, I think that, I think he's on the, the better idea. Cut out the middleman. Do it yourself. You, that's the thing. And you were talking, DJ. You said, you know, these guys that are entrepreneurs, it is going to take guys with vision. And and we did have entrepreneurs on the team. There were there were guys that had vision, but we just couldn't do anything without having um, compliance down our right, throat. Right, saying, right, We're going to sue you all. Everybody's going down. You're going to get us all fined. Right, gonna, and, it, and it was horrible. Yeah, exactly. So now, so I'm underestimating. A, a I'm underestimating the uh, the current players. They will have the time, the interest, and the skill set to put this together. Oh yeah, I think there will be some. Uh, for instance, DJ, I sent Rock to. Uh, Rock had a, a small camp, and it was it was Devin Lloyd, uh, Mika Tafua, um, Clark Phillips was there. He was working with the DBs, and these guys. This was obviously before the name, image, and likeness. They could only take like a twenty five dollar appearance fee, but you know these these kids are paying fifty dollars for a one hour session with these with these guys, and and. And I don't know who's getting the bulk of that money. I don't know if it went to the school. I don't know where it went. But it's like these guys could show up in a in a and, and be a the Utes. I don't think that they can withhold the Utes or the Cougar from labeling your camp. And I'm telling you, man, these nowadays these parents will just throw money. I have never seen this in my life. Parents are throwing money at people that have any tolerance of their children and any skill set that they can impart on their kids. It's pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah. 
We got we have people uh, hitting us up now with uh, things like "I'm saying" all caps. Kids are the worst! Exclamation point. Thought we loved our kids and our families here in Utah. Now look at you just leading the chant. Kids are the worst. You can't stand oh, kids. Man. Have you ever? <laughs> I tried to help my son's little football team for two years, and I just I, I couldn't believe. It. And, and you know, you're sitting there like bugged by the kids, and then their parents show up to practice, and you're like, "How is this?" Horrible. Like now, I see why I can't do it. This kid, because his parents are even worse. I I don't know how people who work in youth sports now how they do it. Me either. <laughs> Hands, you got 13 minutes to gather yourself, and then you're right back at it with Scotty G. Awesome, great job, guys. Great conversation. All right, thank you, Hans. And we are getting more people who've worked in college athletics saying the the kids were getting some money, but it was super limited. Exactly what Hans just said. So right, right. Now right. take the gloves off and accelerate it. That see that's that's beyond showing up at Joe's car dealer. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Man, this turns the entrepreneur loose. And and then you you develop that. How many times have we seen a camp? I remember Steve Cleveland telling us about the father sons camp. Mm-hmm. And within two or three years, if you didn't sign up within the first five minutes, it was it's sold gone. out. Yeah. Jimmer ran camps. Travis Hansen ran camps. So lots of ex players have run sure, the camps. Sure, sure. The Johnsons and now, too. Now, yeah, the, you're right. Yeah, uh, they did too. So now it's up to the uh, the current players if they want to do it. Barcelo's pretty popular. He could be running a camp. Oh, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I, yeah. And I would think the Britain they Covey love him down there. The Britain Covey receivers camp would be pretty popular. It's just you, for five feet and under. I mean, five yeah, eight. Yeah, and yeah, under. yeah, yeah. If you're <laughs> if you're a six footer, you got to go to the Solomon Enos camp then. You gotta, you the little dudes, right? I'll teach you how to be an overachiever. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, uh, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. That's one of the Vegas. No, 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 no. Was it, uh, who was it? I went hunting for that drop, and I can't find it, so I don't know. Is it something I should be aware of? You were here. It was was recently. (laughs) Who was that, man? Oh, that's going to bug me for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Saw that and stuff we should have done. The Britain Covey should do something for a life alert. Yes, someone has tweeted that out. I've fallen and I can't get up. Puddles, 20-year starter Britain Covey of the Utah Utes has become the official spokesperson for life alert. Life alert, I've fallen and I can't get up. And Britain just tweeted back, I don't know if I've laughed this hard at a tweet. Good news. What? I found it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took me a minute. When I found yes, it. That's good. It won't bug me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Let me hear that one more time. <laughs> it sounded a little erotic. A little bit. You're welcome, Carson. There you go. Asking you shall receive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the amount of emotion that I listen out of people, even at a level I never thought possible. <laughs> Bowler. Bowler spent. PK, take it off, baby. <laughs> and then after. You really I, found a kindred spirit when she walked in the And studio. then after I did, what happened? What happened? What happened? <laughs> I got a lot of questions after listening to that story. A lot of questions. And then 
I went down to the Vegas Bowl, and then they have at the convention center, mm-hmm. they have a big team gathering. I saw mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. and we chatted. Because <laughs> it was, they came she in. She told she'd become a drop, and it was just getting played well, over and over. Oh, she knew it, too, yeah. In between, because they came up to promote the game, uh-huh. and then they you, I go down and cover it. Yeah, you asked her on mm-hmm. air, hey, I need you to say uh, this for me, and she did No, it. she asked me if she could say it. Good point. Yeah. Obviously. I mean, I, I think I had a, a tight shirt on that day. Hey, a kindred Dave, spirit, off, baby. You two, you two got each other pretty quickly. I look hot in leather. What can I say? <laughs> I love Fridays before long weekends. As we close in on the Fourth of July, share your favorite American sports moment. Do you believe in miracles? Oh. 1980 hockey. They made a movie out of it. But there's some other good moments out there. You're a big golfer. And I would think for golf fans, the best Ryder Cup, the best American win, 99 Brookline. Right? Justin Leonard makes that 45-footer, and they stampede the green, and all kinds of golf ethics questions I afterwards. I can't remember that stuff off the top of my head like you can, though. I can't remember them all, but I can remember that one. That's why I think it stands out. There was the, the other one I remember, I think it was 91, and it was the War at the Shore... And that came down to a putt, but it wasn't a U.S. make. It was a miss right at the end. Mm-hmm. But if we're going to go all time, I think we got to go Chastain, right? Oh, good one. Yes. Rose Bowl, wasn't it? Yes. China in the 1999 Women's World Cup. The final. Penalty kick to win it. It was a big, big deal. It was a big deal. And she's sliding. and Yep. We've all seen that. Iconic moment. Yeah. I mean, I think that's got to be... On the men's side, it's U.S. beating Mexico to get to the quarterfinals. It's the biggest win they've ever had. We've got people, other people saying other stuff. There was a last thing in Landon Donovan goal to get them out of group play one year, and that got some shout-outs here. Uh, does a 92... I ran this by some people last night, and one of the guys, uh, you know him, Tim Peterson, uh, said, well, you got to go with the Dream Team. I was going to say that. There's no this competition. Is- he goes, you're right, but again, it's iconic because the personalities are massive. You it was know? the first time. Yes, and the, the level of celebrity on that team was spectacular. Nobody passed. Everybody was in, except for Isaiah. He was kicked out, well, but he, he didn't pass. He didn't pass. No, he didn't pass. But the level of celebrity was spectacular. I mean, you get Magic, Bird, and Jordan together. Holy cow. Oh, yeah, you're, not, you're, you're never going to have that again. Nope. Nope. So that's up there. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, it's Hans Olsen. It's Scotty G. Hans will have more uh, name, image, and likeness ideas for athletes. Stay with us right here on The Zone.